The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. 80 podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Tack, and with me, as always, is the other host of the show, uh, Jimmy Klein. Good afternoon, Mr. Ransel. <laughs> oh, sorry. <clears throat> Good afternoon, sir. How are you? <laughs> and on this podcast, we celebrate the iconic TV show, The Brady Bunch, as we break down the bunch one episode at a time. We take the episode, Jimmy, as you know. Yep. We break it down. Hell yeah. We make it do all our chores because we saved its life. Because, mm. you know, debts. All for you, the listener. Huh. Okay. Yep. On today's episode, we take a look at Season 5, Episode 8, entitled My Brother's Keeper. If you haven't watched the episode, please feel free to stop the podcast and go watch it before continuing. You don't have to, but it might be a hell of a lot more funny if you do. The Brady Bunch is available to stream on Hulu, CBS All Access, Paramount Plus, and... Amazon Prime! <laughs> That was a good one. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. what is going on? How was your week? It was it was interesting. Um, well, interesting. first of all, it was fine as mine kind of chatty. But beyond that, it was interesting. <laughs> yeah. um, on Monday, I got a new guitar amplifier. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, I was excited about that. It was cool. It's it's, it's used and it's, it's going to need some, you know, the pods cleaned out and stuff like that. But that's mm-hmm. okay. Um, and then on Tuesday night, I pinched a nerve in my back. So that's fun. Oh, so I lucky. missed two days worth of work. So. Yeah, I've had some of the worst pain in my life from pinching a nerve. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was uh, several years ago. I pinched a nerve so bad that like I could barely get off, the, like get up from laying down. It hurt so bad. And what made it worse was every few minutes or if I moved a certain way, my whole neck, starting at the base of my neck, all the way down, the muscle just went and tightened yep. up, and it hurt so bad. And I was like, ah! I was like, well, just cussing. You're like, motherfucker, <laughs> god damn it. And then it would just like slowly contract and then relax again. I was like, oh, that's messed up. And it would just do it every few minutes, and I mm-hmm. hated it. And that happened last all day long. That must have looked funny to outsiders when you're sitting there watching a little house on the prairie and something happened. You're like, oh, fuck, damn it. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, her tuberculosis would be fine or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, with mine, it's every time I would lift my my hand up past above my shoulder, like to take a drink or something, I'd get a sharp pain. Same thing. I'd just go, oh, it's okay. That's all right. I'm, yeah, I'm feeling good a lot times, now. Good times. But now I'm nervous because tomorrow I get my annual review. So that's that'll be fun. Oh, no way. I have an annual review coming up too. Really? Wow. It's like, uh, I don't know, like I think next week. So. Do you have it in the conference room in Building 8? No, I don't oh, think okay. so. Then it's not the same thing. Um, it's, not like, <laughs> it's not like I'll see you there or anything. <laughs> yeah. No, probably not. Um, so my week was okay. Thanks for asking. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's all right. It's cool. Um, no, how's, the, how's the broken leg? 
<laughs> it's not broken. No, it's it's fine. I don't even think about it that much anymore. I still get a little bit of pain here and there because I still have stuff going on in the area. Mm-hmm. Like there's still a little bit of fluid in there. It's not as bad as it was, but it's uh it's going away just really slowly. Just going away. Mm. I can move around and stuff like that. It doesn't you know inhibit my mobility in any way. So that's always a good thing. Yeah. Um, other than that, I think it was just a normal boring week. Um, well, which which is the way I like it. So. Yeah. So what what did you think of this episode? What's your opinions? Um, I thought it was okay. I thought it was it was just one of those trope episodes. I don't know. I don't know if Brady Bunch was the first to do this storyline, but I feel like yeah. every, a lot of things and comics and like whatever have always done this kind of a storyline. Didn't they already do this episode? Like something about like in a in a toy store or a hardware store well, where somebody Peter fell down where and Peter was a hero and he saved yeah. a little girl um from a shelf falling and yeah. he was labeled a big hero. And he was kind of a douchebag like this too, wasn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, Which okay. I was listening to the the Brady Bros or whatever the other mm-hmm. day. And they were talking about the episode um which one was it? Um, oh, they were, it was the, everything about noses or it was Marsha gets hit in the face. Mm-hmm. So, and they were talking about how, because of her nose, you know, big man on campus, Doug Simpson, like doesn't like want to go out with her because of her nose. Mm-hmm. And the end of it, he gets a nose gets, cause he gets punched in the nose anyway. And then <laughs> Christopher Knight was like, didn't we already do this episode? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and he's like, what do you mean? He's like, don't you remember when Cindy was getting picked on and then peter mm-hmm. had to like knock the guy out and then he also had a lisp and baby talk baby talk it's a wonder you can walk yeah. you know and so they were like we did that a lot didn't we we just took the same episode mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm glad they yeah. recognize that because <laughs> they 100 do yeah tack I, I i got a question for you yeah uh, do you, how do you feel about wallpaper do you like wallpaper <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really a fan. Now, growing up in my dad's house, like, because I went to my dad's for the summer, the summers, and my stepmom, she was really big in wallpaper. So they had like this really old house. <laughs> and it was wall, you know, like the wallpaper in the boys' room? What are you yeah. laughing about? <laughs> because I was totally expecting you to go, nope. And I was going to go, me either. And then go on to break. <laughs> I know, but <laughs> I didn't realize we practiced this, you know, smoking mirrors, we practice it, but I actually have a lot to say about this wallpaper. <laughs> so, <laughs> fooled you. We're going to talk about another 12 minutes but on yes, wallpaper. I knew I was going to get my wallpaper story in. <laughs> so, you know, the, the wallpaper in the boys' room where it looks like old, like ads for shit or whatever? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the exact kind of wallpaper my stepmom would have, like in a bathroom or something, mm-hmm. or, you know, just like that. And every time I look at it, I'm like, God, it looks like a room, like in my dad's house growing up. <laughs> and uh, yeah, um, it's just, yeah, every place, every room I think was wallpapered in that house. Um, I eventually stopped doing that. But yeah. <laughs> Did you, uh, do you have a thing for wallpaper or anything? Nope. Or? Can't stand it. <laughs> yeah. <maybe. laughs> It's super big, like in the early 20th century. So <laughs> I, I could see it coming back because, you know, everybody's kind of hipsterish nowadays. So I, I could see it coming back. Oh, God. Hipsters for sure are going to be like, we need to put wallpaper. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They're going to put like that contact paper inside the shelves and stuff. <laughs> oh, this will look great inside a shelf you can't see. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 
<laughs> that Carol had bought that shit. What's that? <laughs> Carol was so excited to get this contact paper from the cabinets. <laughs> and you're pointing it out. Nobody's going to be able to see it. Then they got to stand on a step stool just to put it down, which means they're never going to see it unless they're on the step stool. It's <laughs> right. so stupid. Would you, hey, you want to see something neat? Check out the contact paper way up there. <laughs> I can't see it. Oh, no. Here's the step stool. <laughs> oh, wow, Carol. That looks amazing. Mrs. Uh, Dillinger or whatever her name was. <laughs> Maybe she was planning on having like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on an episode or something. And he just never, <laughs> we never got to that point. So, which wouldn't surprise me. Like all yeah. the celebrities they have coming into their house. Yeah. They'd be like, Hey, nice contact paper. I'm really surprised they didn't, they didn't have like the whole like team of the Globetrotters like show up at the house. <laughs> yeah, that should have been the one where he knocks over that, that vase. Where he's like, mom always said not to play ball in the house. That should have been the Harlem Globetrotter episode. You know, they run down there and look down. They're like, no. And then all of a sudden a foot comes in and they look up. They're like, Harlem Globetrotters. And, and like, the whistling. That's starts. right. Spinning yeah. the ball on their finger. <laughs> hey, if they can help Scooby-Doo solve crime. <laughs> in the cartoons, they always had, what was the guy? Kurt, not Curly. Curly was bald. Some guy with the big afro that had all this shit in his hair. Anything <laughs> they needed, he had in his hair yeah. in his afro. <laughs> That's if awesome. only we had a crowbar. I got one. Here you go. That's fine. Uh, all right, all right. We've bantered on long enough. People are bored. All right. So let's take our first break. And when we come back, we're really going to get into this and break it down. So, yeah. <laughs> We'll be back. Coming in the fall of 2022, Tommy and the Order of Cosmic Champions, a new novel inspired by the toys and cartoons of the 1980s. Click the link in today's show notes to preview now. The book follows 11-year-old Tommy Grant, who is trying to deal with some unfavorable circumstances in his otherwise tranquil life in rural 1980s Ohio. He retreats to the thing he loves most, the Order of Cosmic Champions, a long-running animated TV program and line of toys that provides Tommy with a much-needed boost of joy, especially when he discovers that the manufacturer is holding a nationwide create-a-character contest. The winning design will be made into an action figure and be sold the world over, with its creator becoming president for a day at the headquarters of the manufacturer. But when Tommy's character design loses out, his world begins to crumble, and he can only think of one way to fix it. Find the kid that submitted the winning design and try to convince him to help make Tommy's dream come true. Visit orderofcosmicchampions.com now, where you can read about the inspiration for the new book. Watch the teaser trailer. Listen to the official theme song, Stand or Fall, by Stan Bush. See action figure designs based on the Order of Cosmic Champions characters and sign up for updates on the novel's progress and upcoming release date. That's orderofcosmicchampions.com or click the link in today's show notes. Tommy and the Order of Cosmic Champions, a new novel by Anthony Rapino and Anthony Great, coming in the fall of 2022. 
And we are a back. Yes. Mm-hmm. That, was a, that was a good break. That was a good break. That was a good one. Yeah. That was a good one. I didn't, I, the gymnastics is one thing, right? Mm-hmm. But like the break dancing, like the, the <laughs> what, they, what did you call it? Popping and locking? Is that what you said it was? Yeah. It's called, it's called the pop lock, uh, Pop lock twist and rock is what I call okay, it. Okay, twist. Okay, all right. Yeah, it's it was I put a little was, rock cool. flavor in there too. Okay, you should you should put out a YouTube video though. I was thinking about it. Maybe you I'll should. do it in our stories on our Instagram stories. There you go. I, I think people like lock. Jenny would like to see it. Ready? I'm gonna do one for you right now. Ready? He goes pop lock twist and rock. Huh? <laughs> That sounds like something from like Fresh Beat Band or something. <laughs> <laughs> or Zach Attack. Zach Attack, yeah. <laughs> or California Dreams. Friends Forever. That's pretty cool. <laughs> anyway. Oh, that's awesome. All right. So we have a season five, episode eight, entitled My Brother's Keeper. Well, let's get into it. So first aired on November 2nd, 1973, is mm. written by Michael Morris, mm. directed by Ross Bowman. Mm. So, according to IMDb, even though the kid's bathroom does not have a toilet, you actually hear Bobby flush the toilet <laughs> when Bobby and Peter fight and make a tape line in the middle of the room, and Bobby points out to Peter that he is on the side of, with the bathroom. Mm. After being trapped in the closet, Bobby talks about a fire by spontaneous combustion, choking on smoke and being rescued at the last minute. A year later, exactly that would happen to Mike Lucanland in the movie The Towering Inferno. <laughs> he must have just found out about it. <laughs> and like, wow, funny. where'd you get that story? He's like, oh, I, I, it's not a script or anything I just got. <laughs> he probably said it as a joke at the read-through. And he's like, no, 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 no we don't have to use that. Please don't use that. Like, <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble. I'm, I signed an agreement. <laughs> right. I signed an NDA. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> That's funny. All right, so you ready to get into it? You ready? I am ready. Are you ready, Jimmy? (gasps) Jimmy, you ready? (laughs) You ready? (laughs) So stupid. Oh, Jesus. All right. So we fade in. (laughs) Scene one. Our story opens up. We see Peter lying down in the backyard working hard. I mean, no, not yet. Oh. I, you said hard, I thought. <laughs> See him working hard. I mean, hardly working. Oh, that's what you meant. Uh. <laughs> He's half-assed digging dirt out of a planter and tossing it in the grass next to him. He has a bored expression on his face. We cut to Greg, high on a ladder, painting the outside shutters outside the girl's bedroom. Back to Peter, he continues to board, bore, boredly. I had to look this word up because at first I put boredly. Toss more dirt, but then I was like, I don't think it's a word. And plus, it was underlined. So, and then I was like talking to my son. I was like, "Boredly <clears throat> is that a word?" And he's like, and he was like, "That's a word." I was like, "Boredly is a word." And then, sure enough, it is. So, anyway, he continues to boredly toss more dirt. Then hmm. suddenly, lights up and says up to Greg on the ladder, "Hey, Greg, sure you wouldn't want to trade jobs?" Greg laughs and says, "Uh." Uh-uh. You stick with your green thumb, and I'll do likewise with the green paint. <laughs> yeah. Just then, Alice pops her head out of the downstairs family room window and says, Telephone, Greg. Greg yells down, Who is? 
And Alice says, it's me, Alice. <laughs> no. No, Alice yells back, well, I'm not sure. The name is Joe, but the voice is Soprano. <laughs> Greg gets excited and says, oh, it must be Joanne. I'll take it up here. Greg then coolly crawls up into the open <laughs> window upstairs to take his call. Bobby now walks into the backyard carrying a bucket and some newspapers. Bobby overhears Peter talking to the plants. He says, hey, you're wilting. Listen, either straighten up or I'll play She Loves Me, She Loves Me Not with your pedals. <laughs> no? Uh-oh, I thought, no, that was good. That was, yeah, you nailed it. Bobby asks, who are you talking to? <laughs> Peter says, this flower, it makes them grow better. Did you know a lot of people talk to flowers? Bobby hits him with a zinger and says, yeah, but you're the only one who thinks he gets answers. <laughs> hey oh. <laughs> Peter sarcastically says, that's funny. He then gets up to grab the hose to water his plants, but the hose is hooked on the ladder where Greg was painting, and when he tugs, the ladder and bucket of paint begin to fall on him until Bobby, with cat-like reflexes, shouts, Peter, look out, and shoves him out of the way. The ladder falls, and the bucket of paint splashes all over Bobby. Peter, still on the ground, notices the ladder had fallen on some planters and crushed them. Bobby, covered from head to toe in green paint, gives Peter a look of, oops. <laughs> Peter then jumps up and says, those pots, that could have been my head. Bobby says, no, no. Oh, I heard head. Sorry. Bobby says, Bobby says, who cares about the dumb old pots? Look at me. Peter, concerned that Bobby isn't seeing the importance of the situation, walks over to him and says, Bobby, you saved my life and shakes his hand. Peter goes on, thanks, I owe you my life. Bobby, still annoyed being covered in green paint, says, forget it. Peter, still shaking his savior's hand, says, no way, somehow, some way, I'm going to pay you back for this, I promise. And then freeze frame. Uh, so, man, I bet the props department love having to clean up that dirt. Because <laughs> you know that wasn't the, the only take. Huh? Not just the dirt. What about the paint? Oh, that's the just the paint, too. Yeah. But, <laughs> and I write this in chronological order. So, um, I like how you can actually see the inside of the girls' room from the ladder's perspective. Mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of neat. It's a nice touch. Yeah. Because um, usually they would do it where, you know, we'd look at it and go, what the hell part of the house is that? That doesn't look like anything. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um. So wait the the girls' room has a phone in it. Uh, I don't think so. I think the phone. I was kind of wondering that too. Like, where's their phone upstairs? The only one I know of is in the master bedroom, maybe which granted is right across the hall, but still. Yeah, maybe that's where you went. But if that's the case, then how come they go all the way upstairs? Like when Marsha was in the attic room. <laughs> And they would call her all the way downstairs to the living room to answer the phone. Oh, that's right. Like she came. Like it doesn't make any sense. I don't remember what she was doing. Maybe because like, because I don't think Mike and Carol aren't there. So it's okay to go in the room and take a call. You know, right. maybe they were there before probably in the room. I don't uh, know. Maybe yeah. you mean like humping? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, my, my other note is, and again, I write these in chronological order. Mm-hmm. A little dramatic. I mean, the ladder doesn't weigh that much. <laughs> right you saved my life it was like a what a, like a like an aluminum ladder like it's really not that big of a deal like you know you can pick them up right like <laughs> it would have hurt for sure and maybe even like 
had to go to the hospital and get stitches maybe but possibly like if the very end of the ladder hits you on top of the head okay then you might need to get stitches but chances are it's gonna like hit you in the shoulder halfway down it's not really gonna you know yeah. what i mean yeah. so, i don't know it just seemed a little dramatic you saved my life well, calm down there but well, yeah that's the whole point of <laughs> even bobby was like you're being dramatic like, exactly yeah. <clears throat> yeah all right scene two moments later alice comes running out sees Bobby standing with paint all over him and says, what happened? <laughs> Just then Greg from the upstairs window asks, Hey, which one of you clowns knocked over my paint? Hmm. Mike now joins in the fun. He runs up to Bobby and says, Oh no, are you hurt? Bobby says, no, just green. Kermit then jumps in. <laughs> Kermit then jumps in and says, it's not easy. Is it? You didn't, you didn't do the voice. Oh, I didn't, I, what, what, Kermit voice? I don't know who Kermit voice. <laughs> um, it's, not, it's not easy. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> Peter pipes up and excitedly says, Dad, the ladder was heading straight for my head, and Bobby pushed me out of the way at the risk of his own life. Wow. He turns back to Bobby and says, I will never forget it. <laughs> never! <laughs> was he holding a, short, a sword up into the sky when he said that never <laughs> and then lightning strikes oh I have the power no um, <laughs> Mike puts his hands on his hips walks over to green Bobby and says well welcome to our planet <laughs> <laughs> he sighs and then says well that's water based I better hose you down <laughs> no? okay <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of I was kind of hoping Mike would walk up and go ho 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 <laughs> like green giant no names um well that's what Cindy makes that joke later oh does he um as he grabs the hose oh <laughs> yeah um <clears throat> Peter still trying to get some reaction from Mike says I'm really shook from that brush with death <laughs> he pats Bobby on the shoulder and goes on. Bobby's a real hero. Mike, brushing it off, says, Peter, would you go up to your room? <laughs> Peter agrees and walks off. He Alice just, says, goes, just go to your room. <laughs> Alice, Alice says, I'll fill the bathtub, Mr. Brady, and please uh, send me whatever's left. Referring to Bobby as she runs off into the house. As Mike gets the hose ready, Bobby says, you better hurry up, Dad. It feels like it's beginning to harden. Mike says, that all happened a lot for a boy your age. Sometimes it's just your pants rubbing up against you. You know? You know. No. Especially in math class. Math class was in a wood shop. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know. You know right. what I'm saying. No. Mike says, okay. As he turns on the hose and showers Bobby. Next, Carol and the girls drive up the driveway. The girls all see... The girls all see this as Marcia says, looks like Greg painted Bobby instead of the shutters. <laughs> Jan giggles. They run over to see what's happened. Mike continuing to rinse off Bobby and as Sydney says, hey, it's a jolly green midget. Mm. Jan says, he looks like a leprechaun with a skin condition. Bobby, not amused, says, very funny. Carol says, Mike, what happened? <laughs> You know, I got to play it. Hold on. Mike something. <laughs> Mike says, the ladder fell over, 
with the paint bucket on it. And guess who was under it? Mm. Bobby says, hurry up, Dad. I'm freezing. Carol says, Mike, I've got to get him a hot bath. Bobby jests, if being a hero means extra baths, forget it. Oh. So, like, notice how Alice already beat Carol to the punch as far as drawing a bath and all mm-hmm. that for Bobby. <laughs> and notice how Mike didn't say shit about it. Like, oh, Alice already did it. Like, he didn't say nothing so nope. he wouldn't make, so she wouldn't feel like shit. Like, oh, no, Alice already fucking did it. That would have been funny if he was like, too little, too late, honey. Alice is already doing it. Why don't you just, <laughs> why don't you just go back to shopping, okay? Seems to be <laughs> what you're interested in. Shopping. It's what you do best or needlepoint <laughs> or something. Alice was taking care of this, you know. While body. Alice is doing it, why don't you go make the salad for dinner, honey? <laughs> See, I'm washing lettuce. Soon I'll be on fries. Why don't you go finish dinner for Alice while she takes care of Bobby? (laughs) (laughs) No. That's funny. So I I love how not even Mike thinks this was like his life being saved. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? Like even Mike's like, well, just go to your room, bro. Like just leave. Um, (laughs) But damn, they busted out with the word midget. Yeah. Like damn. That's like saying the word to to a little person. I know. I agree. They prefer little people. Dang. Also, I had to put in, Carol is such an idiot. Just had to throw that in there because she is. Um, do you really want wet paint in your bathtub? Like, wouldn't you make well, sure you got all the paint off in the yard before you, because once that paint hits the bathtub, it ain't coming off. Well, it's all water-based, like Mike was saying. So, he got most, he probably got like 95% of it off. Okay. You know, and the bath will get the rest. So, it's water-based, he said. So. Hmm. I don't think that means that it's water soluble. I don't know. I mean, because if so, then the paint would come off every time it rained. I mean, <laughs> once it dries, it's not going to go anywhere. But it, I don't. I don't know. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. Scene three. Upstairs in the boys' room, Carol walks in and sees Peter sitting at the desk working. Carol says, "Well, Peter, I'm glad to see you doing homework." Peter says, "This isn't my homework." I'm making out a will. (laughs) Carol asks, your will? Peter solemnly says, I'm leaving all of my earthly possessions to Bobby for saving my life. Carol, trying to be supportive, says, well, that's very sweet of you, Peter. (laughs) Peter goes on, if it wasn't for Bobby's bravery, I wouldn't be talking to you. This will is the least I can do. (laughs) Carol says, by the way, where is your beneficiary? Peter says, Oh, he's still in the tub. Carol then walks off and into the bathroom without even fucking knocking. Nope. Even though there's a boy naked in a bath. Mm-hmm. As she walks in, Bobby is in the tub surrounded by bubbles, thank God. <laughs> Carol kneels down and says, hi. And then she looks at Bobby in the eye and says, hey. says, <laughs> 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 no. hey, you, it's cute. No. Bobby says, I guess I looked pretty weird, didn't I? Carol says, oh, no, not for the creature from the Green Lagoon. Hey, I think you've been in there long enough. Dinner's just about ready, and Alice has fixed something really special for our hero. Bobby smiles and says, okay. So I don't understand. How the hell was Bobby brave? It was a fucking ladder. Well, it wasn't so much bravery. I think it was more about quick thinking and just going, Hey, look out and shoved him out of the way. So, but it, 
I just don't get what he wasn't fucking brave. Like I don't, I don't. Okay, I just don't get it. But it was a fucking ladder, right? So I don't know. All right, good. So for someone who doesn't like bass, he sure was in there for a long time, and he was just like living it up and kicking back, and he was like, hell yeah. To the point where his mother had to come get him out. Okay, it's time to get out now. And they had you know? to show that on TV. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't just add a line at dinner and said, it was weird. I had to get Bobby out of the bathtub. He was in there forever. That's all it would have taken. <laughs> you don't have to show a half-naked little boy in a bathtub. <laughs> it's almost like Hollywood's full of perverts. <laughs> so, yeah. So Alice <laughs> drew the bath for Bobby and is now cooking up something special for him. Carol hasn't done shit except tell him to get out of the bathtub. Right. Carol really doesn't do anything, does she? Nope. <laughs> I know this is not new news. She just walks around <laughs> and states the obvious. <laughs> she's like she's like Sigourney Weaver in that movie. Did you see that movie with uh, Tim Allen? And it was like a a parody of like a Star Trek kind of a galaxy uh, yeah, quest. I, did, I think I did see it, yeah. You know, Galaxy Quest and Sigourney Weaver's character on the fake show mm-hmm. where she just repeated whatever the computer <laughs> said. <laughs> Shields up and she'd be like, Shields up, Captain. <laughs> like, this is my only job. I just repeat what the computer said. <laughs> they should have done that. I can't remember if they did, but they should have done it on the parody movie. Just said Carol just repeat everything Mike says. That would have just been funny. <laughs> I'm telling you, I think when we watched the parody movies, I think we're going to spot so many inside jokes that like nobody's ever fucking spotted. <laughs> I'm sure. <clears throat> All right. Scene All right. four. The family sits around the dinner table. Cindy says, I still say flowered wallpaper is the prettiest for our room. Jan argues and hits with a zinger. Cindy, <laughs> when it comes to interior decorating, you'd make a good lumberjack. <laughs> I like stripes. Marsha zings them both and says, you make it two lumberjacks, you know? (laughs) Oh, man. I read a book on color psychology, and they said that earth colors are really restful. Greg says, sure. If you're being buried. (sighs) Marsha giggles as Jan adds, Marsha, we can't have a lot of browns and blacks in our room. To that, Marsha says, then how are you going to have the special party up there? <laughs> We've all been talking about next weekend. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, then you can't have disco music either. No. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to keep that joke in there, but. <laughs> uh, well, then, Jan, you're being a jive ass turkey. <laughs> um, sorry. That was mean. No. <clears throat> all three girls begin to argue and talk all at once. Mike, having had enough of it, clicks the side of his milk glass and says, hold it, girls, look. I have to agree. <laughs> no, I have. What? <laughs> the, the way you said it, it was like he was holding something. Up. Hey, hold it, girls. Look. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a comma instead of a period. He's got girls. His- Get his dick out. Like on the plate. It, 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 it all looks Sorry. like one sentence, you know, since there's not a double space after that. So. Yeah. <laughs> double space. <laughs> Hold it, girls. Sorry. Look, I have agreed to repaper your bedroom, but only in one pattern, right? 
Carol chimes in and firmly says, yes, and you better agree on one pretty fast or we're going to forget about it. Mm. <laughs> that's that's mm. right. You better agree or your father's not going to do it at all. <laughs> Peter, still being solemn, says they waste all this precious time arguing about instant, insignificant things. Wallpaper is so unmeaningful in the scheme of things. <laughs> Mike Collins of bullshit on Peter's newfound Buddhist lifestyle asks, what scheme of things were you referring to, Peter? Peter says, life, Michael. No, he didn't say Michael. <laughs> that would have been funny if he did that. That would have been awesome. <laughs> have you ever stopped to consider the value of one's life to one's existence? Greg says, yeah. Without life, you'd be dead. And then laughs his motherfucking ass off at his own joke. The whole family just laughs. <laughs> Peter, not amused at such simpletons, says, <laughs> sure, go ahead and laugh. You guys have not been on death's door. Marsha <laughs>, laughs and says, you haven't even made it to the front porch. <laughs> Carol says, Peter, aren't you taking this near miss this morning thing just a little bit too seriously? Peter, sad and ashamed of his naive mother, says, oh, Carol, Carol. <laughs> You don't know how it feels to be snatched from death's jaws of doom and be given a new chance at life. Carol just rolls her eyes at her own son. Just then, <laughs> just then Bobby comes down the stairs and says, sorry, I'm late. I took such a long time in the bathtub. I'm wrinkled like a prune. Peter then shoots up and pulls the chair out for Bobby to sit. He says, have a seat, pal. Bobby thanks him and has a seat. Alice walks out with a dish in her hand and announces the all-American dish for the all-American hero. Hungarian goulash. Everyone mm. half-assed cheers. <laughs> Cindy asks, since when is Hungarian goulash American? Alice points to Cindy and says, since Zsa, Zsa Gabor became a citizen. The girls just laugh. Alice <laughs> goes on, I'd whipped up a medal too, but all the gold went to buy the meat. Hmm. She does a lot of expensive meat jokes. She does, yeah. And her boyfriend's the butcher. You know so she ain't paying that shit for with money. You know that, right? <laughs> She's like, oh yeah, that shit was expensive. And then she walks away walking funny. <laughs> Sorry. I had to have my and then my legs behind my head for this <laughs> meal. <laughs> I can barely sit down anymore. Damn. As everyone continues to eat, Peter taps on his glass of milk to make an announcement. He says, I would like to propose a toast to the bravest person in the world. Mike nods his head, picks up his coffee and says, I'll toast to him. Who is he? Peter turns <laughs> to Bobby and says, my brother, Robert. <laughs> so, I don't know what's with the names today. It would just be funny. Everyone cheers and raises their glass of milk. Bobby says, Peter, it's nice to know you think I'm so brave, but honest. And then it's quickly cut off as Peter says, well, let me, let me finish. I want to make a solemn promise, and you're all my witnesses, that I'm going to be worthy of the life Bobby has given back to me. Greg says, here, here for Bobby. Peter goes on, and also that I, Peter Brady, am going to be Bobby Brady's slave for life. <laughs> Mike says, well, I mean, I don't think you have to go that far. Bobby says, me either, but... If that's what he wants. <laughs> hmm. uh, I don't 
understand the big deal here. So Carol seems to be mocking Peter on his newfound look on life. You know, it's yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. I think it's fine the way he appreciates things more and maybe even kind of healthy, especially for a teenager. I don't know. Hmm. One of my notes is literally preach it, Carol. Cause I agree with Carol 100%. <laughs> I think he's being ridiculous. Maybe, but it's nice to have a teenager that appreciates things. You don't ever get that. I mean, he's just being kind of a little melodramatic about it. like A little bit, but that'll go away. Because I look at it as this could lead to him thinking everything's going to kill him. Like, (laughs) he has brushes with death everywhere he goes. Like, (laughs) I mean, he needs to understand that he, he by no means had a brush with death. Like, true, true. But, but why is Mike putting salt on his salad? Oh, I don't know. I didn't notice that. I thought that was kind of strange. My mom used to use salt on everything, too. She put salt, like, on a tomato or salt Oh, on tomato. Me. Hell yeah. You have to put salt on tomato. But not if oh, the, not if the tomato's on salad. <laughs> gotcha. But I used yeah, to eat. I'm one of the weirdos that eats tomatoes by themselves. Oh, I, I love it. Okay. I, yeah. I love okay. to eat tomatoes like an apple. And, and you don't yes. put salt on a tomato when you eat it? I never have. What? Do you put American cheese on it? No. Oh, that's good, too. <laughs> I don't like American cheese, even though as, as much of a patriot as I am, I don't like American cheese. It's too plasticky for me. I just, oh. okay. Well, tomatoes with cheese is really good anyways. But anyways, I'm getting off the track. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But what the fuck kind of laugh was that from Greg? He never laughs like that. <laughs> he, cracked his, he cracked himself up. Like, he laughed fucking hard. At what the hell? <laughs> I was like, I, I stopped. I had to rewind. I'm like, what the? Was that Greg laughing? Like, that was the fakest laugh I've ever heard in my life. Um, but didn't, didn't Cindy sound a little bit racist saying, (laughs) since when is that American dish? Since when is fucking hot dogs or hamburgers, American dishes? (laughs) Like, you know, both of them literally came from names of German towns. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't say it was racist, but, um, I don't know. I didn't think, I didn't think it was racist. It was just like, isn't like a normal question. Like since when is Hungarian goulash American? Like that's not American. Well, you know I mean, you could argue that there pizza. is no American food. Pizza is Italian. pizza because we had Mexicans come and wanted to try pizza. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Now, American, I don't know what American food is, like cheeseburgers and fries. But and see, I'm one of the weird people that uh, argues that there is no American food. And that's what makes American food right. American food is you can have Italian food with French food. You know what I mean? Like we literally in high school had Italian pizza with French fries. Like, and I know French fries yeah. aren't French. I know it's the style of cook. I get that. But but you see <laughs> my point, though. Like, we're one of those weird countries where you could get anything. You know what I mean? Like, that's what yeah, makes I American. Mean, it's not like you can't, like, you only go to China and all you get is Chinese food everywhere. They have regular food there. <laughs> regular. <laughs> <laughs> they, have, they have normal food there, too. Wow. <laughs> and they have Chinese food there as well. Like, they have uh, KFC is huge over there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, in Japan it is. Huge in Japan. That's a, their tradition. Especially on in, Christmas. On, yeah, on, I was did just you, about to say on Christmas. Yeah. Did, you about, did you hear about that whole, how they got started? No. Uh-uh. I can't remember now. It was something like, they thought Americans, like that was an American thing. Like what? Americans love fucking KFC on Christmas. Like that thought, they thought that was a thing. I think and they're so closed they started Christmas, doing it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know about in Japan, but. No, I'm talking about Yeah, over here, I'm sure. Yeah. Um. But like they thought it was like an American tradition, and so people started doing it. And but it's not. And then they people come over and like, don't you guys get KFC Christmas? Like, no, we turkey sometimes. <laughs> that's weird. Oh, that's but my last funny. note is, 
Slave for life? It's a fucking ladder. (laughs) (laughs) And it takes dumbass Carol to say something like that. Like, for the one time in my life, I'm siding with Carol going, yes, Carol, thank you. It's a fucking ladder. Like, and it's, it's one that you can pick up and carry really easily. It's not like, it's not like it's a crane. It's a fucking ladder. I know. But if I like, if I pick up this ladder and I get enough kinetic energy behind it and I hit you in the head, you're not just going to stand there and go, it's just a ladder. What? I can pick it up. Go ahead. Hit me in the head. You know, but he was under the ladder. It's different. If he, if this was like a 12 foot tall ladder and he was 12 foot away from the foot of the ladder. Yeah. Then you're in a dangerous spot because then it gains a lot of momentum, but he was literally under the ladder. Worst case scenario, it would have hit his shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> At like got, three miles I'm an hour. I'm not denying that his life wasn't in danger. <laughs> I'm agreeing with you, but I also agree that it could have done some damage, some pretty good damage. To the ladder, maybe not right. to Peter. Let's see some kind of damn wussy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, scene five. Later, up in the boys' room, Bobby is lying on the floor with one leg up in the air, trying to shine one of his shoes with a rag. I was just about to hit the porn music. <laughs> <laughs> while, wearing, while wearing it for some reason, which makes weird sense. Well, that's what they did in. last week when him and Cindy were shining shoes. Well, she, yeah, she was wearing it while he was shining. Yeah, what's was, the deal with him thinking you have to wear a shoe to shine it? <laughs> you just put it on your hand. Yeah, that's what that Peter way. does. That's <laughs> what everybody does. <laughs> Peter walks in, sees the trouble he's having, and runs over. He snatches the shoe off of him and says, oh, no, you don't. Bobby sits up and asks, what are you doing? Peter sits on the floor next to him and says, polishing your shoes. That's what I'm doing, and I'm going to do it every day for you. How often do you need shoe shine? Fucking anyway. <laughs> Peter starts right away and begins to polish. Bobby says, "You don't have to do that." Peter says, "I owe you. Go do something you enjoy." Bobby says, "Thanks, Peter. That's really nice of you." And then gets up and lies on the bed. Peter goes on, "It's nothing. If it wasn't for you, instead of polishing these shoes." Peter stops and takes a moment of deep reflection and goes on. <laughs> I'd be polishing my harp at the pearly gates. <laughs> oh, yeah. As Peter shines away on Bobby's shoes, he begins to whistle. Bobby, while trying to read a comic book, looks annoyingly at Peter. Peter notices this, immediately stops whistling and says, Oh, sorry about that, pal. Bobby says, It's okay. Peter backpedals and apologetically says, No, it's really inconsiderate of me to whistle while you're trying to read. I won't do it again. Bobby gets up and says, I don't really want to read anyway. He walks over to the desk, grabs the radio, and walks back to the bed. Peter holds up his shoes and asks, how's that? Bobby inspects his work and says, you missed a spot right there. Peter says, oh, right, right. I'll get it. Sorry about that. And polishes away. Bobby lies back down on the bed and turns the radio on. Static comes from the radio as Bobby says, darn this radio. All I get is static. Peter says, Leave it to me. I'll fix it right after I finish these shoes. Just then, a knock at the door. Peter jumps up and opens the door. Cindy walks in and says, Barb wants you on the phone. (laughs) Peter asks, what does she want? Cindy says, she says the party started half an hour ago. Where are you? Peter says, oh, well, tell her I can't make it. He looks at Bobby and says, something suddenly came up. (laughs) No. No, he actually says 
<laughs> no. No? No. Okay. No, he actually says something much more important came up. Oh, that's even better. That's the more, it's the, it's like more formal usage of it. Okay. okay. Cindy says, okay, but she'll be mad. And Cindy <laughs> walks out. Peter returns to his shoe shine duties. As Bobby <laughs> says, <laughs> Peter, you don't have to cancel the party just for me. Peter says, Bobby, how can I enjoy a dumb old party knowing that the person who saved my life is sitting at home with a bad case of static? Bobby just shrugs and continues to mess with the radio. Because, <sighs> you know, kids care about their shoes being shined. <laughs> I, know. I know when I was a kid, I was like, you know, everything's fine. But what the? F- where, where can one guy go to get a good shoe shine around here? Like, I remember me and you sitting around <laughs> talking about that. We, we didn't talk about girls or skateboarding. We talked about, no. you know, how can we get a good, you know. Every day we had to do exactly, it. to shine yeah. our shoes. Like, fuck. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't get that. He he didn't even try to tune it to another station. <laughs> just, he just turns and I was like, great, it's broke. Great. <laughs> <laughs> That was pretty funny, though. Um, and why should Cindy have to tell her that he can't make it? I don't know. It seemed like a lot of she had a lot of information about <laughs> like, like what she go like. Hey, is Peter there? Uh, who's this? This is Barbara. Like, well, what do you want? You know, like what is she asking? Like, or did she just offer the information? <laughs> this is Barbara. He's supposed to be at my party. Where's he at? You know, like I don't know. I'll go ask him. Like I don't know how that conversation went down. Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah. If I was sitting, I would have been like, uh, no, you need to come down <laughs> and talk to her. <clears throat> like, you didn't save my life. I am not doing shit. <clears throat> See? Hand me that remote. No, come get it yourself. <laughs> Hell yeah, exactly. So you get it. <laughs> Scene six. The next day in the girls' room, Mike pops in and says, your mom tells me you finally chose your wallpaper. Jan and Cindy hold up a sample against the wall as Marsha sits on the bed. Jan says, yeah, dad, here it is. Marsha adds that it was unanimous. Mike looks at it and says, hey, that's terrific. How did you all manage to agree? Cindy says, we didn't. Mike, confused, looks at Marsha and says, you just said it was unanimous. Jan informs him, well, it was unanimous that we flipped a coin for it. Mike says, oh, I see. Well, that's a democratic way well tomorrow i'll round up the boys and we'll get started why are the boys doing this anyways marcia says great you won't get peter to help though he's too busy being bobby's slave jan adds yeah bobby saved peter's life and now peter is working himself to death and then the scene quickly cuts off yeah it was weird yeah it's almost like there was more to it but they're like ah let's fuck that we don't have time (laughs) that's good enough So it sounds like somebody's jealous that they didn't die from a ladder. Just saying. <laughs> I wish Jan wasn't yeah. so jealous. You know, Bobby had the green paint, but Jan is green with heavy. <laughs> See what I did there? Somebody's peanut butter and jelly. Good um, job. Cindy looks like the sailor from the Cracker Jacks box and the outfit she had on. <laughs> <sighs> so, I don't know. Yeah. That's it. That's all I have. <laughs> scene seven. seven meanwhile in the backyard peter is sitting on the ground working on a go-kart engine bobby while holding a basketball sees this and says hey that's really great can i ride it sometime peter looks at bobby and says sometime all the time 
I'm making it for you, pal. Bobby asks, me? How come? Peter stops what he's doing, looks at Bobby, takes a dramatic moment, and says to himself, he saves my life, and asks, how come? (laughs) Bobby smiles and says, that's really great of you, Pete, but honest, you don't have to. Peter stops and pushes the point forward and simply says, but I do. Bobby says, no, you don't. (laughs) But Peter argues back saying, Bobby, I do. Bobby thinks for a second, smiles and says, well, if you insist. (laughs) (laughs) This felt like a throwaway scene. felt like a pointless scene. (laughs) I guess. I mean, they had to round up a go-kart engine for for that. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. It felt like a throwaway scene. It'd be different if they were just on the swing set talking or something, but to round up a go-kart engine for that, that added no value to the episode whatsoever. They could have <laughs> extended that scene that got cut last time. That's what I was getting yeah. You probably could have heard more about what Jan said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So last week, Peter was complaining that he has no skills to find work, <laughs> but yet apparently he can polish shoes, fix electronics, fix bikes, Small engine repair. That's true. You're right. <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It's like you did Sally Struthers fucking school from the 80s. <laughs> My dad did some kind of online schooling. Not online. Did some kind <laughs> of uh, by mail schooling to work on small engine repair. Was it TV VCR repair? No, it was small engine repair. <laughs> A small engine yeah. repair. Yeah. All right. Scene uh. eight. Later, Bobby sits in the family room reading a comic book with his feet propped up. The phone rings. Carol, while busy in the kitchen, asks Bobby to answer it <laughs> because she was busy in the kitchen. Yeah, you know. Right. Yeah. Bobby puts the comic book down and answers the phone. He says, hello? Oh, hi, Steve. No, I can't make it to the ball game. Well, sure, I'm loyal to the team, but I've got some work to do around the house, you know? Just then, Peter enters through the sliding door, which gives Bobby an idea. Mm. No, it gives Bobby and idea. <laughs> he tells Steve to hold <laughs> to hold as he walks over to Peter. Peter walks in holding his thumb. Bobby asks, something wrong with your thumb? Peter irritatedly says, yeah, I was working on your go-kart and I smashed it with a hammer. Why was he using a hammer on an engine? So anyways, <laughs> Bobby sighs and says, oh, well, I guess that rules out the favor I was going to ask. Peter stops for a second, <laughs> turns to him and asks, what favor? Bobby, trying to play him, says, I just couldn't ask a guy with a sore thumb, even if I did save his life. (laughs) Peter says, go ahead, ask me. Bobby, still trying to guilt Peter, says, no, it just wouldn't be right. After you polished my shoes, made my bed, cleaned up my closet, fixed my radio, oiled my bike, took out the trash for me and all those other things. Hmm. Meanwhile, shockingly, Carol is overhearing all of this. Peter yells (laughs) out, will you ask me? Bobby says, well, Steve wants me to watch him pitch against the wooden wolves, but it's my turn to clip the stupid hedges. And if you could, Bobby stops and thinks for a moment and goes on. No, it just wouldn't be fair to you clipping the hedges while I'm sitting at a ball game eating hot dogs and snow cones, Peter says, I clipped the stupid hedges for you, but I've got a date with Barbara, who party I missed because of you. Bobby thinks and says, oh, 
Well, that's okay, Pete. I understand. You don't have to clip the stupid hedges just because I saved your life. Hmm. Peter, not taking the guilt anymore, says, okay, okay. I'll cancel Barbara again, and I'll clip the stupid hedges. Bobby, now getting defensive, says, you don't have to if you don't want to. Peter, still trying to be grateful, insists, but I want to. I want to. As soon as I take care of my thumb. Peter then walks through the kitchen as Carol says, Peter, let me look at that thumb. She inspects it and says, you better go soak that in cold water until the swelling goes down. Peter agrees and walks off. Bobby, back on the phone with Steve, says, okay, I got it all worked out. Meet you at the park. Bye. He hangs up the phone and walks into the kitchen. As Bobby walks through the kitchen and past Carol, he says, see you later, mom. Carol, not having it, says, Bobby, you have really been running Peter ragged. Now, you don't think you might be overdoing a good thing? Bobby says, oh, no, mom. Peter's enjoying it. Every minute of it. He smiles and then walks off to go to the park. Carol is left with her jaw dropped and just sighs. Hmm. So a few things about that scene. So um, one, it seemed like uh, Peter flip-flopped fast here. He what? Like he flip-flopped like really fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seemed like he was already like done with his shit. Like, or, <laughs> I, think it, I think it's too soon for that. I think he still should have been like really apologetic. Like, oh yeah, I hurt my thumb, but I'm going to get back on it, buddy. Okay, that's what you're you saying. Know? I think it was too soon for him to be all of a sudden, well, fuck you, you know, <laughs> like that. On your fucking go-kart, you know, he was already kind of getting that way. That was too soon. Um, and also like the way, like the call from Steve, you know, it was just like, cause he says, um, oh, hi Steve, I can't make it to, I can't make it to the game. Mm -hmm. And he goes, sure. I'm loyal to the team. I'm sitting here thinking like he plays on the fucking team, <laughs> but it's not, he just like his friend just wants to watch it, have him yeah. come watch him pitch. Like that's it. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, I got a game I have to go to like, oh, what, what are you playing? No, I, my friend wants me to watch him. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're fucking playing a game, but you know. You mean kind of like Greg's girlfriend wants wants to watch him? Is that what you mean? <laughs> kind of like Peter's girlfriend wants to watch him play the game. So you want to go watch? All right, all right. Let's see what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> and did you notice where they put the TV in the family room? Uh -uh. I don't know if you saw in that scene, but if you look, they like push it against a wall, <laughs> and I guess they like wheel it out when they want to watch TV. Like that's weird. That right? is weird. Yeah. So it must in part block the. The sliding door. I guess. But I guess it, it would seem weird to us. But remember, back then, they didn't have cable. So yeah. they would have had to roll the TV into a spot that gets good reception, which would be by the sliding doors. I guess. So maybe that's not the best place to put it permanently, but that's where they have to put it to watch TV. I don't know if that was just like a thing back then. Like, you always had a TV. Like, you had to move your TV around. Right. Like, I don't know. Like, oh, you're not using it, so let's put it over here. Yeah. Hey, look at it roll. Now we can watch Jackie Gleason while we eat. <laughs> See? There you go. Exactly. <clears throat> right. Yeah. My, my only note is, wait a parent, Carol. <laughs> Her idea of parenting is giving them a dirty look as they walk away to do whatever the fuck they were going to do anyways. <laughs> right. <sighs> Carol, Carol, Carol. Hmm. All right. Scene nine. A while later, up in the bathroom, Peter has his leg propped up and is attending some injuries. Greg sees this and walks in. He says, hey, what happened to you? <laughs> Peter says, I was clipping the stupid hedges and I fell in a rose bush. Greg says, I thought it was Bobby's turn to clip the stupid hedges. Peter looks at him and says, it was, but I volunteered. Greg rolls his eyes and asks, you volunteered or you were drafted? P 
Peter says, what's the difference? Greg sighs and says, look, I've seen what's going on. Bobby's making a pigeon out of you. Peter, while still pulling thorns out of his leg, says, I'd rather not talk about it. Greg says, okay, but it's your wings that are getting clipped. And walks off, leaving Peter to think about what was just said. Hmm. Um, they really seem to be dragging this out. Like they mm. didn't. Ha- I know they had a B storyline with the wallpaper, but they couldn't do more with that because this seems <laughs> like they're still doing this. I mean, this is like what almost half. Excuse me, almost halfway through the episode, and they're still talking about this. You know, Peter being run ragged by Bob. Yeah. Like, it doesn't seem like they're really dragging this out. Um, I don't think so because we're not even halfway through it yet. We're still in the first half of the episode, so I think it's. He gets fed up, I think, quicker than I thought he was going to. Hmm. So I thought that wasn't going to happen until closer to the end, but I don't know. Hmm. It would be different, I guess, if if Bobby would have gotten hurt saving him, saving him with air quotes. Yeah. But he he just had a minor inconvenience saving him. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Um, I like how all the kids refer to it as the quote, stupid hedges. <laughs> <laughs> I got a feeling that was like one person saying it and another people said to be funny. And yeah, you know, somewhere pretty- Mike Brady's like, I don't think they're that stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Scene 10. Peter, while still thinking, walks out of the bathroom and into the boys room. While deep in thought, he walks into the shoes still lying on the floor that he had just polished. In aggravation, he kicks them and then plops on his bed. Hmm. Bobby enters, wearing a baseball cap, and says, Hey, Pete, Steve clobbered him. He pitched a two-hitter and won 14-13. to 13. Peter asks, How'd they get 13 runs in a two-hitter? Bobby pulls up a chair, sits next to Peter, still lying on the bed, and says, Steve gave up a few walks. Bobby sits down and goes on, The umpire was Mr. Ellison. Peter looks at Bobby and says, so (laughs) Bobby trying to guilt him some more says he's the circulation manager for a magazine. They're having a big contest. The guy who sells the most subscriptions was a surfboard. Peter not taking any more of his shit simply says, so Bobby laying it on thick says one thing I'd really like is a surfboard. (laughs) Peter not falling for it angrily says lots of luck. Bobby, trying to push the hint even harder, says, I don't stand a chance of winning alone. (laughs) Peter, now fed up, yells, if that's a hint, I got more important things to do than sell magazine subscriptions. Bobby, now getting upset, points out, well, you've got time to lay around on your bed and do nothing. (laughs) Peter, now pissed, sits up and says, doing nothing? I'm wiped out from doing all the work around here for you. Besides that, Barbara's not even speaking to me anymore. Bobby says, it was your idea. He then quotes Peter by saying, I, Peter Brady, am your slave for life. Isn't that what you said? Peter, breaking under the guilt, says, okay, I'll help you sell magazine subscriptions. Bobby, pushing the guilt more, gets up and says, no, not if you're going to be mad about it. Peter yells (laughs) out, I'm not mad. Bobby sits on the other bed and says, you're mad. And I'm not going to accept any more favors unless you can do that with a smile on your face. (laughs) Peter now attempting a smile while angrily says to his gritted teeth, I'm smiling, see? (laughs) Bobby continues, that's not a smile. Forget that I ever saved your life. 
Bobby then lies down on his bed. Peter jumps up from his and runs over to him and says, you want to know the truth? I'm sorry you saved my life. Living with a selfish creep like you isn't living. Bobby stops, looks at him and says, well, talk about ungrateful. (laughs) If that's how you feel, you just stay away from falling ladders while I'm around because I'm not going to be around. Peter pipes back, great, I've got nothing more to say to you for the rest of my life. Bobby shouts back, well, I never want to see you for the rest of my life. Peter says, fine, and you are gonna, and you want to know something? I'm writing you out of my will. Oh. And he wishes he was a dinosaur. <laughs> One thing that shocked me the most about this whole scene was that Steve got 13 runs on a two-hitter. That's fucking impressive. That, wow. Right? That's crazy. I would I think know. that you you would hit a lot more a lot more people in football. Right. Man. 13 runs yeah, in Yeah, cuz you hit people every play in football. I guess. I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> what would Bobby do with a surfboard? Cuz they never seem to go to the beach unless they're in Hawaii. So, what would he do with a surfboard? I can tell you what he couldn't do is 13 runs and a two-hitter. Exactly. (laughs) I have no idea what that even fucking means. Yeah. You know what kind of RBI RBI that means? Like, man. What is RBI? (laughs) Is that Uh, runs, bases, and innings? I think it's runs batted in. Oh. Oh, that's like a statistic. Oh, so that would be like if that'd be like if you were on second base, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I hit it hard enough where I could go to second base, then you would have enough time to go home. Oh so that would that would be an RBI. We should totally try to figure that out and just piss Dude, Jimmy off. She's gonna be like, we should no, we should do a sports podcast because we like we can figure this shit out. We can figure it out and then whatever we come up with, we know that's the truth. There like, you go. That's it. We figured it out. Like <laughs> we're gonna get an email so fast from Jimmy, like, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So he got 13 runs in a two. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense because a two hitter is two people coming home Mm -hmm. off one hit. So how could you get 13? I gotcha. But then he said, uh, Steve gave up a few walks. So a few meaning three. Well, if, if you were, if you had a bunch of like, if you were walking people consecutively, you would need on your fourth one, you would have somebody come home. Right to to home base to get a, a, a I almost said rerun uh, that's not a home run <laughs> right so you yeah. would need like sixteen of no like nineteen of them to be able to score thirteen runs <laughs> that's insane I don't even know what you what you're talking about I don't okay. know either but Jenny's gonna be so pissed at us but when we start a new but podcast I think you nailed it. <laughs> when we start a new sports class sport podcast we could we could call it getting Jenny with it. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. And it's that. just us trying to explain what happened in the game. That's all it is. <laughs> oh, wait, we're probably pissing a lot of people off. Probably. But I think yeah. we figured it out. I think we nailed it. So, yeah. I'm going to, as of right now, we got it right. And any email that comes in that's saying that otherwise, I'm going to ignore. So, no, like he would, what happened was he probably threw 17 <laughs> walks. And then they scored two runs. No, they're not saying runs. They're saying hits. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna give up now. I don't know. That's confusing as hell. 
All right. Um, it's probably <clears throat> so simple to like sports people, but <laughs> but why wouldn't they have told Greg about this contest? Like he would be more interested than they would. You know <laughs> True. what I mean? Yeah, because he gets a new surfboard. Like Greg would be like, totally, I'll totally sell magazine subscriptions. But it's probably like, like if they said, "Hey, Greg, check this out." If you sell magazine subscriptions, which he probably thinks is for kids, and then you get to win the surfboard, and, and Greg probably looked at the surfboard and was like, "No, that's okay." <laughs> it's like these these people. Like quick quick story, real quick. When we used to work at quote unquote the shop, yeah, the shop had its own brand of surfboards, right? Yeah. And you would have these kids come in with their moms. Oh, and they'd be like, yeah, I want that. I want that Al Merrick sitting there. And this, you know, this five foot four Al Merrick that they want costs, you know, $549. Yeah. But they're never going to ride it on the waves here in Florida. The waves aren't big enough. But they <laughs> right. want to, they want this, you know, really, because that's what Kelly Slater rides and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of the guys in the, in the pro shop, he didn't give a crap <laughs> like about <laughs> these kids' feelings. And he would point out and go, you know, that's a perfect surfboard if you want to walk down the beach looking cool with your friends. But if you actually want to ride it, <laughs> you need to get one of those Ron John surfboards. I'm sorry, one of those shop surfboards over there. <laughs> and um, the shop surfboards, you know, they were kind of laughed at. Like they weren't, you know, they weren't really that great. What's store brand? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they were brand. like half the price, literally half. The, and the parents <laughs> would be all over going, oh, my God, that's totally. And, and then a couple of times I was up there when the kids came back. And they were like, oh, my God, I love that surfboard. Do you have any legit brands that are the same size and shape as that one? Because they would get like a fun shape. Yeah. And so they'd come back in wanting like a Robert August or something like that, like some kind of fun shape that's, you know, a name brand. So mm-hmm. a couple of them came back wanting longboards, which I thought was cool, too. So anyways. Well, longboards, <laughs> that makes a little more sense here in Florida and Central yeah. Florida. So. I used to have, yeah. uh, I think, a seven-four fun shape and a nine-foot longboard. Hmm. I just had whatever Nikki left me. <laughs> I think it was a, a six eight or a seven one or something like that. I think I she got it from she, the shop, didn't she? I know. I think she did buy a one yeah. from the shop eventually. Yeah, I think she did. She had a couple surfboards. They were. Yeah. I think they were. But I think she had one longboard in, in the fun shape. What happened to them? I don't know. I don't remember. Hmm. They're not in your storage. No, I haven't hmm, had them for years. I feel like I may have lost them in another divorce <laughs> so all right so this is where we take our next break Ooh. so it looks like peter is a little ungrateful and being a slave for life isn't all it's cracked up to be nope it? it's almost hmm. like being a slave sucks <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right so we will be back yes Hey, movie fans! Have you ever wanted just one more adventure from your favorite film heroes? Ever imagined an alternate entry in your favorite movie franchise that didn't suck? Then Sequel Quest is the podcast to make your wildest cinematic fantasies come true. Every episode, Adam, Jeff, and Jeremy pitch imaginary sequels, prequels, and reboots to your favorite movie franchises like E.T. the Extraterrestrial, cult classics like Surf Ninjas and the Monster Squad, Famous Flops 
like Jupiter Ascending, how about a third Tim Burton Batman film or getting back on the ice with the Mighty Ducks? With over a hundred episodes in our archives, you'll definitely find a favorite as the SQ crew reminisce about the films and find creative, cool, and wacky ways to continue the fun on the silver screen. Sequel Quest is presented by the Retro Network and can be found on any of your favorite podcast apps. Just search Sequel Quest and prepare yourselves for fake movie fun at its finest. And we are back. Oh, shit. Sorry. It it felt appropriate. Mm, I like pressing (laughs) the button. It's probably our favorite, most most favorite (laughs) soundbite. I got a feeling that the listeners are getting tired of it. (laughs) Probably. They're like, let me guess. Porn music. Yep, Yep, there it is. There it is. Another probably, probably looking at our hardcore listeners are probably like pushing something in the air, like knowing that you're going to push it. <laughs> I know exactly who's going to push it right here. Porn music. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's either that or we're going to get a call going, why didn't you push it? Like that would have been the perfect time. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Exactly. <clears throat> All right. So this episode deals with uh, brushes with death, Jimmy. Well, it deals uh, with perceived brushes of death. It wasn't really (laughs) a brush of death. So I figured we can share some stories of if we've ever had brushes with death or so so I can relate to Peter here. So one is like a real brush with death and the other one is not so much. (laughs) Well, let me just explain. So obviously I had the really bad car accident 20 years ago. That Mm -hmm. was a real brush with death. And there was like a loss of life. That was a legit brush with death. Yeah. Yeah. So that was legit. And, um, I'm still dealing with that. And that was 20 years Mm -hmm. ago. So, um, but my other story that I was going to tell is how I can actually relate to this. So I was in a freshman in high school Mm -hmm. and this is so dumb, but this is how I can, why I can relate to Peter so much here. So, my whole life, I've been um, told I was allergic to bees and any stinging mm-hmm. insects to the point where I had to carry around a stupid fucking EpiPen. bee sting kit. They yeah. had like a syringe and all that. Yeah, it was an EpiPen, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So I had to carry that around with me everywhere I went. And every school I went to, I had to turn one in to the school nurse. So they always had one in case I needed it and all that. Mm-hmm. So, and I was told, if you get stung, you will die. <laughs> like, and like doctors would tell me, so if you're ever stung and you're away, don't run because that'll speed right. up your heart rate. Right. Just stay calm and walk to wherever you need to go mm-hmm. to get help. And so this, you're telling this to like an eight-year-old, a seven-year-old, <laughs> you know, and it's frightening. If you, you run, know? you will die. And then like <laughs> yeah. thunder strikes and lightning and all this. <laughs> I know you just had a traumatic thing happen. You were stung by a bee or a wasp. Whatever you do, don't run or panic. You know, it's like, holy shit, but you're going to die. So come uh, freshman year, um, we had outside hallways in our high school. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, as you know. Yeah. And so I'm walking to a class and, you know, I'm walking and then I feel something in the back of my neck. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell is that? So I tried to get it off and then it stings me and I was like, oh, shit. And on the tip of my middle finger in my right hand, there's a wasp that got me. 
because mm-hmm. I see it like fly off as soon as I shake my hand around. I was like, fuck. I was like, I just got stung for the first time in my life. I'd never right. been stung before. Did you I was run? like, <laughs> no, okay, but I was good. like freaking out and I was like, holy shit, am I about to die? Right. And so my <clears> sister was a senior and for some, somehow I knew her next class was, I don't know how I knew that, but, um, so I just went to her class instead of going to mine and I walked into her classroom and she was like, what? And I was like, I just got stung. And she goes, holy shit. Okay, let's go. Let's go to the nurse, you know, and then, um, they'll call mom and all this kind of shit. So I'm like freaking out. <clears throat> um, so we go to the nurse's office. You, just so I can get uh, a visual. Are, are you crying at this point? <laughs> no, I never okay. cried, but, um, I'm just like really nervous. My finger hurts really bad and it's starting to swell up. And, and, um, so the nurse is taking all my vitals and she's like, everything seems fine. Um, <laughs> there's nothing, there's no issue here. Um, is your throat or anything closing? I was like, no. She's like, okay, well, everything seems okay. And then a few minutes later, my mom actually shows up at the school mm-hmm. and she's like, we need to get you the shot. And she takes this around. I'm like, no, no, no. You know, I'm like freaking out. <laughs> like, you know, I don't want a mom shot. <laughs> you know? right. And, uh, and so I was like, no, let's just wait. Let's wait. And she was like, okay. And then she's like, how do you feel? And I was like, I feel fine. Just my finger hurts. And it was swelling. You can tell. Right. Anyway, long story short. Um, Nothing happened. I didn't even go home for the day. I just continued. <laughs> I went to class and my finger hurt like really badly and was swollen the rest of the day. And um got home from work and work well. Got home from school and, and my mom checked it out and she was like, oh, you know, take some Benadryl or something and then just kind of take a nap and see how it looks after that. And it eventually went away and I was fine. Mm-hmm. So I guess I outgrew the allergy, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But um so the next day <laughs> I actually had this whole different outlook on life. Like I remember thinking like I could have died yesterday. <laughs> like I thought I was going to well, die. I mean, but yesterday. that's different though. You were told your entire life that you would die yeah. if that happened. That's different. Yeah. And th- so then when I didn't <clears throat> die, like the next day, I'm like, this is like a whole new day. Like mm-hmm. this is like, it was this just a weird time. feeling. Yeah. I'm yeah. on borrowed time right now. Mm-hmm. Like this was like, I don't know. It just was eye opening. And I had this like, I don't know that just the whole, I don't know, zest for life kind of a feeling and just like, I never noticed the beauty in this leaf, you know, kind of Mm -hmm. thing, you know? And so that's kind of how I can relate to Peter that way. Um, Obviously it wasn't as dramatic as Peter was, but I remember having that feeling. Mm -hmm. So yeah. What about you? Do you have any kind of brushes with death? Um, The closest thing I've had was my motorcycle accident that I think I've talked about. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and it wasn't really a brush with death in the sense that I got seriously injured. <clears throat> it's just, I fell down. I kicked the bike as hard as I could, um, which kicked me into the turn lane. The bike went straight. Yeah. And when I finally stopped sliding, the, the truck that was behind me was now in front of me. Right. Yeah. And the guy came up to me and said, Oh my God, are you okay? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> he was like, you were so close to my front wheel hmm. that I thought for sure I ran over you. I'm like, really? And when he said that, <clears throat> when he said that, that scared the piss out of me. That <laughs> yeah. scared me really bad. <laughs> Could have been way worse. Yeah. And what, what kind of shook me up a little bit more is, um, this was, I want to say the day that, um, me and you, you remember when the, the clown gig that we used to do every year for the prison? Yeah. <clears throat> it was, 
that same day, but it was the the year when we stopped doing it. We didn't get hired on that year. Yeah. And I was coming from there and I can't remember where I was going. Oh, I was going to Megan's house and Danny was supposed to be on the back of the bike with me. Hmm. And at the last minute he was like, I kind of want to stay and hang out with my friends. I'm like, no, that's cool. I understand. Oh, wow. If he wouldn't have agreed to that, he would have been on the back with me. And he hmm. may not have known to kick the bike out of the way. So yeah. who's, who knows what would have happened to him? So that, <clears throat> that kind of scared me a little bit. Yeah, you could have done that. You seen that video of that husband and wife that fell off the bike and they're sliding like for what seemed like an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It seems like you're sliding for it. You have like I was sliding so long I had time to try something else. <laughs> it was that long. <laughs> Again, this video is actually really cool. It was rainy and wet out, mm-hmm. and the husband and wife they were on the bike and then they fall off. I don't remember how they got hit or knocked off, but they fell off the bike and slid for what seemed like a mile and a half. Mm-hmm. But and as they're sliding the husband actually somehow reaches out to the wife and pulls her in. Mm. So they're now together and kind of protects around her as they're sliding. It was amazing. Yeah. Cool video. All right. So you ready to get back into it? I am ready to get back into this. Cool. Listeners are probably like, thank God they didn't chat for another fucking half hour. (laughs) This is funny. (laughs) Talking about death. It's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So when we left off, uh, Bobby saves Peter from a falling ladder and saves his life, in Peter's eyes anyway. So as a payment, Peter offers to be his, quote, slave for life and does everything for Bobby. Bobby takes advantage of the situation. No. No? Oh. <laughs> I didn't say sex, sex slave. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Bobby takes advantage of the situation and Peter has lost his patience. Both have a falling out and decide that they don't need each other in each other's lives. Pretty hard to do when you share a home in a bedroom. Mm. Mm. Let's get back into it. Okay. Scene 11. The next morning, Peter sits at the breakfast table in the kitchen wearing Jimmy's favorite shirt. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's a Alan and Ratsnake shirt. <laughs> Alice sits down a bowl of cereal in front of him. Peter asks, what kind of cereal is this? Mm-hmm. Alice says, well, it's something new we're trying. Instead of popping, cracking, or exploding, it just lays there and tastes good. <laughs> okay. And suddenly, we hear an announcer's voice say, Try new Tastios, <laughs> packed with fortified vitamins and minerals. Great for a nutritious breakfast. Tastios, it just lays there and tastes good. Ding. They always have some <laughs> kind of chime at the end. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Cindy and Bobby come running into the kitchen. Cindy says, boy, I'm starving this morning. Alice says, two glasses of cow juice, two bowls of cereal coming right up. Bobby stops, looks at Peter, puts his hands on his hips and says, you can skip me, Alice. I'm particular who I eat with. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) He's like, come on, it stinks in here. No. As Bobby walks out into the family room, Peter says, and I just lost my appetite. As Peter Peter walks out of the kitchen and into the living room, he passes Carol. Carol sits at the breakfast table as Alice says, I bring you the latest war bulletin, Mrs. Brady. All's quiet on the Western front. Carol asks, oh, did Peter and Bobby make up? As Alice pours Carol's coffee, she says, no, 
All is quiet because they're not speaking to each other. Carol says, Oh, let me tell you something, Alice. If those boys don't make up pretty soon, we're going to start a counterattack on their rear flank. As she does a smacking that ass motion with her hand. Hmm. Hmm. No, she ain't. <laughs> She's going to spank like a 15-year-old. She's like, gonna just going to give them a dirty look when they walk away. She ain't going to spank her kids. Like, I don't know who she's trying to fool. <clears throat> she's trying to make make Alice believe she's this badass. Okay. Um, <laughs> was Rice Krispies around back then? Because, I mean, she, she references popping, crackling, exploding. And obviously, yeah. it's Snap, Crackle, Pop. But Right. I think it's been around since like the 50s. Has I think. it? Yeah. Hmm. Um, but also, they were eating Cheerios. Um, excuse me, Tastios? Mm, I'm sure. Um, Don't you remember there was a box of Tastios in the background of one of the scenes? <laughs> it was fucking cracking me up. But why is it like a dirty hairy movie when they see each other in the in the the kitchen to eat? When they <laughs> they slept in the same room. They yeah. obviously got dressed and looked at each other like they're in the same room. <laughs> so why are they shocked when they go into the kitchen where they go every day to eat? And they're like, oh him. Uh, yeah, the him you just saw five minutes ago when you left your room. Yeah, him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's so still stupid. here. Yeah, yeah. You eat here too. Uh, well, yeah, it's my kitchen. <laughs> it's the kitchen. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> he could have at least said, "I'm going to take this back upstairs," you know, or something. All right. Anyways, <laughs> scene twelve. Up in the girls' room, a little Romanian woman preps the bedroom wall. Oh no! No wait, that's <laughs> no. Cindy. That's Wendy. It's Wendy. That's Cindy with a babushka on her head. <laughs> the camera zooms out and we see Mike, Jan, Greg, Marsha, and Cindy prepping the walls. Mike tells the gang, listen, just plaster the holes, not the spots, okay? Cindy stands on a ladder and wipes the tops of the walls as she says, boy, this is hard work. Greg says, we just got started. Hmm. Jan, while prepping the plaster, says, it's a good time to remember to do homework. Hmm. Greg tells her, hey, no goofing off. Marsha says, okay, but I would like to ask dad a question. Mike asks, what? Marsha says, how long before our next coffee break? Uh, Um, (laughs) The kids all laugh. Mike, not finding the humor, says, never mind that, just plaster. Hmm. Bobby then pops his head in and asks, hey, Greg. Can I talk to you for a second? Greg puts his supplies down and steps out into the hall with Bobby. <laughs> so why doesn't Bobby or Peter have to help? Remember, like in the beginning, Mike was like, I'll get the boys and we'll get on this right away. Like, well, see, I was Greg thinking the only guy doing it. I was thinking, why does Greg have to help? True. I mean, I don't know. Like, would, would they help if it was the boys room? Hell no, they wouldn't. Exactly. Yeah. I, I actually, what they were doing, I, I actually taught Jake how to do that. And in, in the entire living room, dining room, kitchen area, he, he fixed all the walls, all the dents and stuff in the walls. That's cool. Like I was going to, I first started writing it down as spackle, mm-hmm. but then they said plaster. Is that the same thing? No, no, I, I use drywall, like drywall uh, joint compound. I don't use plaster. Yeah. But back then they may have had plaster walls, which, that, okay, that would be appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, no wonder Marsha is so short. Because she <laughs> drinks coffee. Oh, that must be it. That explains it. Because my mom always <laughs> told me that it would stunt your growth. Yeah. That mm-hmm. explains why why I'm not that tall. I'm only 5'8". 
But then again, I don't have hairy palms and, you know, I'm not blind. So, <laughs> so we're all good. <laughs> good. Well, I have my growth stunted and I have hairy palms and I'm blind. So mm, okay. it's mm. weird. Hmm. Scene a 13. Out in the hallway, Bobby says, I just wanted to ask you, but is quickly interrupted by Greg saying, sorry, Bobby, you can't move into my room with me. <laughs> Bobby looks at him and says, How'd you know I was going to ask that? Greg chuckles and says, because Peter asked me the same question before you did. Bobby, perhaps a little salty, says, I'd be a lot better roommate than that ungrateful creep. Ooh, dang. Greg says, Bobby, Peter's very grateful for what you did. Let's face it. You used him. <laughs> Bobby says, well, I saved his life, didn't I? Greg says, look, I'm not going to argue about it, but you two are stuck with each other. Bobby says, not if I can help it. Greg sighs and says, well, you're not moving in with me, so you better work out a peaceful coexistence. Greg walks off and back into the girls' room. Bobby says to himself, boy, nobody in this house has any respect for heroes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I tell you, no respect. <laughs> <laughs> My only note is they would if there wasn't any. <laughs> yeah. I liked how Greg took the dad role here. Like yeah. that's exactly what Mike would say. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That was kind of <laughs> nice. <laughs> I like how he's like, "Well, you got to figure something out because you ain't live with me." <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's uh, yeah. Okay, that's empathy right there. I'm sorry you feel that way, but you ain't live with me. <clears throat> All right. mm -hmm. Scene fourteen. Later in the boys' room, Bobby sits at the desk working on homework. Peter walks in with a hammer looks at Bobby and sits on his bed. He reaches under the pillow and pulls out a brown paper bag with hardware inside. Mm. He reaches over and pulls the knob off the end of his bedpost, places a nut and begins to hammer away at it, making loud banging noises. Bobby turns around and says, you're doing that on purpose just to bug me. Peter says, I'm doing it because I happen to like nuts. If it bugs you, <laughs> leave the room. <laughs> what I just happened to like nuts. What? It's like, yeah, that's the rumor at school too. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Bobby says, is this as much my room as it is yours? Bobby turns around to go back to his homework. Peter says, Hey, then you do your thing over there and I'll do my thing over here. And just so there won't be any misunderstandings. Peter then gets up and tapes a line down the center of the room. He points out, this is your part of the room, and this is my part of the room. And mm. this is no man's land, as he continues to run tape. He is quickly stopped when Bobby steps right in the middle of no man's land. Peter looks up, gets angry, and continues to tape right over Bobby's shoes. Ooh, damn. Widening his own side of the room in the process. Once he's done taping, Peter sits back on his bed. Bobby pulls his feet out of the tape, looks around, smiles, and picks up his radio and turns it up full blast. Mm. He smiles with pride at Peter. Peter yells back, great, I love music. <laughs> Peter then looks around and spots the TV. He picks it up and sets it on the floor in front of him and turns it on. We hear the sound of an old Western movie playing. Bobby looks around and spots that the TV is plugged into an outlet that's on his side of the room. 
Mm. He walks over and unplugs the TV. Peter gets mad, stands up and says, hey, hey, plug that back in. It's my TV set. As they stand there face to face, right on no man's land, Bobby says, it's my outlet. And you want to know something else? Peter yells back, I can't hear you through no man's land. With the music still blaring loudly, Bobby says, well, you better listen a lot harder because this will really interest you. Peter yells back, what? Bobby says, the bathroom is on my side of no man's land. Bobby then turns around and goes into the bathroom. As Peter stands there infuriated, we hear the sound of a toilet flushing. Somehow. <laughs> maybe it was in the Western. <laughs> oh, that's probably Yeah, it. that makes more sense. Yeah. Or maybe it's on the radio. Maybe it's a new song. <laughs> Probably because it sounded like shit. Ah, <laughs> oh, why did I do that? I can just go. Ah. <laughs> uh, Peter can still get to the bathroom through the hallway. This is it's true. Not like he can't go to the bathroom. Yeah, Bobby can't claim be... the bathroom. He, they share it with the girls. <laughs> right. So, and that yeah. means that the only way Bobby can get into the room is through the bathroom, which he does later. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um. They just happen to have masking tape in their nightstand. <laughs> that's a huge roll of masking tape. Like, that's huge. <laughs> so, apparently, Peter has no plugs on his side of the room. <laughs> There's only one plug in the room, and that happens to be on Bobby's side. Yeah, what's the lamp plugged into that's on his nightstand? I don't know. Mm. I wish he wasn't a liar. Mm. You know, um, like a liar. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought that was kind of strange. <clears throat> yeah. Scene 15. Back in the girls' room, Mike is doing a demo on how to lay down wallpaper. He says, then you smooth it out, and there it is. How do you like it, girls? Oohs and ahs come from all the <laughs> ladies of the house, even Alice, as they stand there and watch. Alice says, very nice, Mr. Brady. Very, very nice. <laughs> as she takes a few steps back to look at it, Mike calls out, Alice! Alice stops in her tracks, looks down, and notices she stepped right in the wallpaper paste that mm. was prepped on the floor. The rest of the family look in shock, and then they all just laugh at their stupid maid. <laughs> Man. So apparently they had kids back then, because that looked like what, that's what she was wearing. Yeah, yeah. I think they had kids back in the 60s or Did maybe they? even 50s, but yeah. Hmm. I didn't know that. Mm. That's cool. But I guess she definitely won't get a Dundee for the whitest kids. <laughs> no, not in it. Well, I don't know. That plaster is pretty white. Yeah, that's true. So if she so. just puts the other one in there, then it's a matching set. Just yeah. cinch it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you see that reference a lot, and I know what it's from. Right. But I wonder if our listeners know what that's from. So if you guys know what that's from, hit if us you up either, and let us know. If you either know what that's from, or you've had a pair of kids for a long, like if you know of somebody or have a pair of kids, like from the 50s, 60s, 70s, whatever, let us know and be interesting. And that's not, that's not targeted towards older people. That sounds like I was assuming that all only old people listen to us. It's totally possible for somebody to be like, Hey, I found these at an antique store. I found this at Goodwill or my grandmother gave me these pair of kids. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, we, right. we do a lot of like random references that oh, we, we have never, ex never yeah. explain. Some of it's from our personal life. Some yeah. of it's just from like movies and stuff. But. Like, don't worry. That's from our personal yeah, life. Yeah, that's personal life. <laughs> but we so do a lot of references worry. to stuff that not a lot of people quote. 
<laughs> I don't. Yeah. I feel like they don't. <laughs> right. Like yeah. who quotes Biloxi Blues? Nobody except us. Or One Crazy <laughs> Summer or Better Off Dead. <laughs> Most people quote like Ferris Bueller and stuff like that, but no. Yeah. I'm too good for that. <laughs> Just go that way really fast. And when something, <laughs> something gets in your way, your way. Turn. turn. What a coach. I say that all the time. When somebody tells me stupid instructions, I always say, what a coach. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a, that's a good idea, though. If any of the listeners out there have a random quote that you do from a random movie that hmm. nobody seems to know the reference to, let us know. That'd be interesting. <laughs> that makes us feel like we're not alone. But you tell know, like us uh, if song. you know what. Well, no, because people will Google it. I was going to be like, if you can tell us what Sencha is from, oh, and yeah. we'll you'll get a fucking sticker. Or I don't know, but people just Google it. We'll get like two hundred fucking emails going. It's from this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so never mind. But so better off if you knew what that was without googling it. Let us know. There might be somebody like I. I quote uh, the Wizard of Oz all the time. <laughs> Who does that? You. That's like I it. do. <laughs> I do it a lot. Like I'll always go, no, but you try to. Like I don't know. <laughs> first time I ever heard you say that, I fucking lost it. I think we were back in high school. First time you said that quote, yeah. I fucking lost. It. That was the funniest shit I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> or I'll go, oh, she bit her dog, eh? That's no. Or like you used to do all the time. You used to go, oil can what? Yeah, yeah, that's a great line. I've, I've done that one before. scene 16 later in the kitchen alice is wiping down the counters bobby walks in and asks hey alice do you want to play a game or something alice says oh gee i'm sorry bobby not tonight i'm gonna go to bed early i didn't sleep very well last night oh Oh, man that was right right? that was a good one oh yeah bobby asks why not alice says I stayed up half the night watching one of those TV horror movies. <laughs> oh. The demon that devoured Detroit. Oh, yeah. All yeah. in the mouth. Devoured it. Mm. Right. <laughs> Gave both of us heartburn. Alice walks <laughs> off to bed. Oh, yeah, she did. No, I'm sorry. I'll stop. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Just then, Greg walks into the kitchen. Bobby says, want to watch some TV with me? Greg says, sorry, I've got a date. I'll see you later. And then heads off to his date. Bobby just sighs and walks into the living room to find a friend to play with. Oh, poor poopy. (laughs) Doesn't she kind of have to since, you know, Bobby's kind of her boss? (laughs) (laughs) What did I say? I said play game with me. (laughs) <laughs> okay <sighs> alright scene 17 <laughs> so I didn't ask if you had time <laughs> sorry so she'll be like so I get paid overtime for this then <laughs> yep it's been authorized <laughs> alright scene 17 as Bobby walks into the living room he spots Marsha, Jan and Cindy heading to the front door Bobby asks hey where are you going Marsha says We're all going to spend the night at my friend Helen's house. Bobby asks, how come? Jan says, that wallpaper paste made our room smell too yicky. (laughs) Marsha hollers to Bobby, have fun, as they all three head out the front door. Bobby is left there all by himself as he sadly says, yeah, whoopee. Bobby sighs and walks back into the living room from the front door. 
This time he runs into Mike and Carol, who seem to be heading out. Mike says, Good night, son. Carol gives him a kiss and says, Now don't stay up past your bedtime. Bobby follows him to the front door as he says, I might as well go to sleep right now. There's nobody around here to do anything with. Carol turns around and says, Oh, now Bobby Peter's home. Bobby says, That's the same thing as being alone. Mike says, Bob, look. <laughs> he pulls his dick. <laughs> no, no. He, he said, Bob, look. And he reaches in his pocket and pulls out a bird. And pulls <laughs> oh, no, it's not in that pocket. Let me check the other pocket. Oh, here it is. <laughs> no. He says, Bob, look. This has gone on far enough. Now, I want you to go upstairs and make up with Peter right now. Bobby argues, but he's the one that should apologize to me. Mike shakes his head and says, wrong. You're the one who took advantage of the situation. Carol chimes in, oh goody, and says, right. Why don't you go upstairs and tell Peter you're sorry? Okay. Bobby thinks for a moment, but has a look on his face like his parents might actually be right. He says, okay. Carol smiles and says, good night, sweetheart. Bobby tells them goodnight as they walk out the front door. Bobby then heads up the stairs. Hmm. I really notice. Oh, poor little fake hero. <laughs> Aww. Aww. Scene 18. Bobby enters the bathroom from the hallway to get into the boys' room. Because, you know, that's the only way he can enter. <laughs> exactly. He walks in and says, Pete. Peter sits on his bed, messing with a model plane. Bobby goes on. I just want to say I'm sorry. Peter, still hurt, says with some tood, I bet you are. Bobby says, <laughs> I am. I apologize for saving your life. Peter in shock repeats, you apologize for saving my life? Bobby explains, yeah, see, if I hadn't have, then you wouldn't have done me all those favors and promised to be my slave for life. And you wouldn't have quit in only a week. And <laughs> we wouldn't lazy. have gotten mad. So I'm sorry for saving your life. Peter gets angry and says, boy, that's the crummiest apology I've ever heard. Bobby defends himself and says, that wasn't crummy. I was being sincere. Peter says, sincerely crummy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby says, well, in that case, I take back my apology. Peter retorts, good, creep. <laughs> Bobby looks around and walks over to his bed, lifts up his pillow, and slings it as hard as he can at Peter. When he does this, the pillow breaks his model plane and leaves Peter holding one single wing left. Peter, now pissed, says, okay, now you're going to get it. He gets up, crosses no man's land, and charges Bobby. Bobby tries to make it to the bathroom to exit, but Peter beats him to it. Bobby tries to run for the door, but Peter beats him to it and cuts him off. Bobby then turns and runs to the closet, gets in and slams the door shut, pulling off the knob from the inside. Hmm. Peter on the outside of the closet yells, you can stay in there all night for all I care. Peter then walks off and leaves the room like a boss. <laughs> no, not like a boss. Okay. Sure. Uh, <laughs> You're like, whatever, dude. I, we shouldn't have downloaded yeah, yeah. that, but okay. No, I'm in, man. <laughs> I'm in it. Let's do it. <laughs> Bobby, still in the closet, 
There's going to be a chuckle there somewhere. Bobby's still in the closet, attempts to put the doorknob back on. But as he does this, the doorknob falls off from the outside of the door as well. Hmm. Bobby peeks through the doorknob hole and tries to open the closet French doors, but to no avail. He bangs on the door to get it unstuck, but it's slide locked from the outside. He then yells out, Peter, the doorknob's busted. Let me out. I'll apologize again. Better. Hmm. Hmm. So, like, did you notice the white shot of the room when Bobby ran to the closet? It was, like, really far back to where, like, mm-hmm. you could almost see, like, it was a set. <laughs> like, it just, right, right, right. I mean, you couldn't see, like, past the walls or anything, but you could just look like a set. Plus, like, the desk was gone. It wasn't even there in the shot. <laughs> the desk that was there and literally in the last scene. <laughs> yeah. And, like, yeah. it wasn't even there. And it just, like, it just looked like a set right there. Like, it really was a bad shot. And it's ruined... <laughs> It ruined the magic for me, Jimmy. It ruined yeah. it. My only my only note is karma's a bitch. I hope you don't have to pee. But this <laughs> this kind of reminded me of a horror movie called um, The Lady in White. And it's about this okay. little kid that gets locked in a cloakroom at a school all night long. And they leave him there like overnight. Yeah. And he happens to be there for a residual haunting where a kid got murdered in the cloakroom and then buried. And so hmm. he follows and he's able to solve the case of this how this kid got killed because of... You know, seeing this. I feel like you told me about this like recently, maybe even on the show. Yeah, it was because it's funny because the lady in white, the ghost is is Mona from, from Who's the Boss? Mona! <laughs> Angela! So I thought it was funny. It kind of ruined the movie a little bit. You're just like, wait a minute, that's, she was on Who's the Boss? So come on, that's like having Betty White as a ghost. You can't do that. So. <laughs> Samantha! Sorry, I had to Samantha! Jonathan! Yeah. <laughs> Scene 19. All the way downstairs, out of earshot, in the living room, Peter sits on the couch on the phone. He says, that's all right, Fred. I've got all night to shoot the breeze. (laughs) Back upstairs, Bobby continues to bang on the closet door and yelling for Peter. Pete, you gotta let me out. Peter! (laughs) Back downstairs, Peter is still on the phone and he says, yeah, Ernie, I'd love to meet her. (laughs) I really thought this part was really funny because... You can just imagine what Ernie was saying to him just yeah. by his reactions. Cause he was like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man. He was just like, <laughs> Ernie's like, and if you get really close to the board, you can see all the way down to a flowers <laughs> bra. <laughs> no, it's like one of those undershirt things. I'm sorry. <laughs> Once again, another quote, figure it out. People, yep. <laughs> Peter just laughs at whatever Ernie says. Back upstairs, Bobby tries to throw his body into it to plow through the door, but no such luck. He continues to call out, Pete, somebody, anybody, let me out. <laughs> Finally. Because, I'm sorry, but any other episode, they would have heard this all over the house. Well, yeah, they can hear whispers. Yeah, they can <laughs> hear a goat in the attic, but they can't hear a little boy scream his ass off. Yeah. <sighs> Finally, <laughs> as Bobby is still banging away. <laughs> Peter walks into the wait, boys' wait, room. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Bobby's just banging away. Oh, he's banging in that clo- Oh, sorry. <laughs> Peter walks into the boys' room. He hears Bobby's screams, walks over, picks up the doorknob, sticks it in, and opens the door. Bobby flies out, puts his hand out to shake it, and says, Thanks, Pete. Peter, confused, says, All I did was open the door. Bobby says, Yeah, and saved my life. 
Peter scoffs and says, stop overacting. Yes, thank you. <laughs> and walks over to his bed. Bobby follows and says, I'm not. A couple more minutes and I could have suffocated. See? Bobby then gasps for breath. Peter, now lying down on his bed, rolls his eyes and says, there's plenty of air in there. Bobby says, maybe. But what about the fire? Peter asks, what fire? Bobby says, the one that could have started from spontaneous combustion. We studied that in school. Peter says, it's your dumb imagination. Bobby says, things like that happen all the time. Bobby then begins to tell a dramatic tale. The closet's filled with smoke. There I am, choking to death. <laughs> Can't even scream for help. He dramatically pretends to choke and cough. Peter sits up during a story. Bobby goes on. Flames are licking at the closet door. No. <laughs> no. Oh, I heard licking. Sorry. Flames are licking at the closet door. I'm trapped inside. And suddenly, you bust in and save me. You're a real hero, Pete. And pats Peter on the shoulder. Peter stands up and says, oh, come on. As Peter walks into the bathroom, Bobby follows and says, no, really, you saved my life. Peter stops and says, if you insist, Bobby says, I insist. Peter then says, okay, well, now you're my slave and you can start off by polishing my shoes. Bobby quickly cuts him off and saying, <laughs> nobody's anybody's slave. Because that's rude. And uh, we also have the Emancipation Proclamation. So exactly. Thank you. There you go. And that's just but a mean thing to, to do to someone. <laughs> <laughs> you ever heard of the Emancipation Proclamation? Sorry, I don't listen to hip hop. <laughs> See what that's from, Tack. What is that from? I have no idea. That's <laughs> that's from the South Park movie. <laughs> oh God. I saw that like once a long time ago. Anyway. So Bobby says, Nobody is anybody's slave. We saved each other and now we're even. Peter smiles and says, I guess you're right. Bobby says, I'm really sorry for taking advantage of you. Bobby extends his hand out and says, okay. Peter shakes his hand and says, okay, you're back in my will. And they both just laugh. I feel like they think shaking hands is like a really serious thing. <laughs> they do it a lot yeah. in the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I love how Peter's like, stop overreacting. <laughs> That was yeah. awesome. He just shuts that down quick. He's like, no, stop. Like, you're just being dumb. They studied spontaneous human combustion in school? Well, they said spontaneous combustion, not spontaneous human combustion. Oh, okay. Still, and maybe like there's that. a difference. I don't know. I don't know how you feel, but I think all that's just, uh, I don't believe it. I, I listen to a, some stuff and watch stuff on it, but I don't really know. I've watched a bunch of documentaries on it, and they're yeah. like, in every single situation, there was some external source. And they even went as far as to like one of those cadaver farms to burn to see what would happen if they lit a spark and started burning clothes on a body or whatever. Yeah. And it turned out exactly like these quote unquote spontaneous human combustion things happen. So it's kind of dumb. It's kind of weird because like nobody's witnessed it. But yeah. But, but then again, yeah. if somebody was, they'd be like, Oh my God, your shirt's on fire. And then it'd be the end of it. But <laughs> so, supposedly it starts inside. Like, yeah, gut, I, I saw a documentary works that its said way contrary. Out. Yeah. yeah. They were able to replicate the exact scenario just by, you know, sparking on the outside. So yeah. Anyway, so like Bobby saves Peter. 
So Peter gets has to do all this work for him, right? So then finally now the my how the turn tables, <laughs> right? So and then now he's like, okay, fine. Now you gotta do all this stuff for me, and he's like, nope. So Bobby like wins wins on both sides here. That's true. He's I like, we're even, and he's like, yeah, I guess we are even. No, the fuck, we're not even. I can Bobby's like, no, no, we'll have none of that. <laughs> but we're just like, nope, not going to do it. We're just even. Let's call that. <laughs> He's like, okay. Like, hopefully no. that happened like after the cameras turned off, you know, when the camera crew went home. Obviously, hopefully Bobby and, and uh, Peter were like, hey, you know, would, come on, man. You, you're going to help me do my tours, chores this week since I helped you do yours last week. <laughs> right. Yeah, hopefully the cameras just weren't there to capture it. You know what I mean? All right, scene 20. Up in the girls' room, the three girls, Mike and Carol, sit back and look at the fine job they did with the wallpaper. Mike says, it's not bad if I do say so myself. Mm. The girls all, ooh and ah, the job well done. Carol says, Mike, <laughs> you know, it is so beautiful that I was thinking. Mike shuts that shit down quick and says, <laughs> oh, no. I remember last year, you know, back in season four, <laughs> yep. when you started thinking after we painted our bedroom, you wanted to paint the bedrooms, you wanted to paint the hall, you wanted to paint downstairs, right? Carol smiles and says, oh, honey, in this case, I mean, after all, the bathroom is connected to the bedroom and the hallway is connected to the bathroom and the mic cuts her off and you're forgetting one thing. Carol asks, what's that? Mike says, this whole house is connected to my wallet. Mm. Carol says, oh, you're going to love it. The girls all just laugh. <laughs> so one thing I was really happy about this is um, he's like, one thing you're forgetting. And I thought for sure, 100%, Mike was going to be like, that I love you. And then they kiss and the girl's oh, going to yeah. be like, he does that. Yeah. But he fucking didn't. And I love nope. it. And, and you go ahead. This might be Robert Reed, like, having enough of this. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. This might have been strawberries don't have smell kind of thing. <laughs> Remember, it's um, cooked strawberries don't have smell. Yeah. Not strawberries. He's probably like, Carol, I don't even have a job. Like, why is she making all these calls around the house? He designed it. <laughs> right. Isn't that an insult to him? He designed this house. Yeah. looks like shit. I want to fix it and make it better. Yeah. Um, but I love how Mike is just putting a stop to that. Just throwing that right back in her face. <laughs> this house is connected to my wallet. So well, no. Carol's also forgetting it's not her room and it's not her bathroom. So it really doesn't <laughs> matter what Carol thinks. It's not hers. Yeah. It was different with the master bedroom, but this is, this is the kid's bedroom and the kid's bathroom, which arguably she shouldn't even go in. <laughs> so what does it matter what she thinks? Well, I mean, she's the parents. It's not like she's the landlord. <laughs> but, True, but like with our bathroom, if we ever redid our bathroom, we would let the kids design it because I don't shit in there. Like it doesn't really matter. Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> Sorry, I was just thinking about the weirdest question. What do you guys want to look at when you shit? <laughs> <laughs> I want to embed a, an LCD screen into the wall that displays what's ever on in the living room. What? Yeah, think about it. Like it if it's whatever you're what? Whatever, whatever the living room TV is displaying. Oh, okay. right. I thought you meant like, like a camera constantly monitoring no, no. the living room. So no, uh -uh. I want to see what's going on in the living room while I'm in the bathroom. Like just get an HDMI splitter and run the HDMI through the wall into the bathroom. Right. And you have an right. LCD screen right in front of the toilet. Right. That displays whatever is on in the but, living room. But why? Because that way you can go to the bathroom during watching a movie gotcha. and not miss anything. 
But can you just pause it? No, that's not fair. No, no, I wasn't going to say pause it, but can you, why limit the bathroom TV when you could just like give it everything? So like, let's say you're watching a movie on Netflix, you have to go to the bathroom, pull it up on Netflix in the bathroom and continue watching. Because then you got to sit there and you got to go, wait a minute, what, what hour and minute are you at? (laughs) No, you can see you pause it and go. One hour, 12 minutes. Okay, cool. I'm going to the bathroom. Or, I guess to your point, you could have one of the inputs be the living room. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay. Or, uh, like, plus, like, what if you're not watching, like, man, I'm really, I'm sitting here going to the bathroom. I'd love to watch this. Oh, I can't because it's connected to whatever the fuck they're watching. But I don't <laughs> want to watch fucking Umi Zumi Boomy or whatever the name of that show is. <laughs> Why would you watch that? I don't even, is that a, <laughs> that's a show, right? Or something like that? No, I've never heard of it. No. <laughs> I think it's some um, kids, like, like a toddler show or something. So how about this? How about you get a, a small, like, 24-inch smart TV, right? Yeah. And you put it, it'd be like one of those fire stick TVs, right? Okay. And one of the inputs is the living room, and the other one is, yeah. like, YouTube and Netflix. Okay. And then you could sit there and while you're on the dumpster. I mean, couldn't you also just bring your iPad in there, too, and do all that as well? Well, I got to spoil my flavor. <laughs> 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 no, it's I get it, but you would have to design the bathroom so that you could also see it from the bathtub. Yes, I don't have a bathtub in this apartment, but oh, you don't? That's weird. Yeah, it's just a stand shower. It's, but that's okay because I haven't taken a bath in I don't know twelve years. Well, yeah, because you don't have one. <laughs> yeah, but I went in my other apartment. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I just don't. Yeah. Baths aren't really my thing. Hmm. Okay. Unless they get a girl in there with her, you know what I'm saying? You get it. There you go. You know. Yeah, but they're too small for that. Well, I used to have like a big garden tub at the one house I had. That's what we had. If you remember the last house we lived in, the one Mm -hmm. over on Sorrento, that had a big garden tub. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's the last time I last place I took a bath was in that big garden tub. I was gonna say in my old house. (laughs) We took a bath (laughs) in my old house. It's kind of creepy. Don't worry about it. You were out of town. That's fine. That's it. That's true. (laughs) And that's the end of the episode. That's the end of the episode. All right. Man. Man. Hmm. All right. So I have some emails to read. Ooh, plural. Mm-hmm. Plural, 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 plural. Indeed. All right. So this first one comes to us from Julia. Julia. Julia Gulia. No. I was just about to say Julia Gulia. <laughs> um, I think we've heard from her before. Yes. Um, so she says this one's kind of a long one. So okay, get back, sit back, get comfy, maybe get some popcorn or something. It says so she has it broken up into sections. First starts off, Dear Tack and Jimmy, section one, <laughs> entitled "Buttering You Up." Uh oh. First, let me say that I believe in you, and I really do. Oh, no. I look forward to every episode of a very Brady podcast, knowing that I'm going to spend the next hour laughing and agreeing with most everything you say. I consistently quote lines from the podcast. <laughs> she just laughed. <laughs> um, or another quote she wrote down is scene seven. <laughs> I don't even know how we started that. <laughs> As a former English teacher with who has worked for years in public relations and advertising, I've come to recognize talent. You both have enormous talent. <laughs> Why neither of you have your own TV show yet is beyond me. You're funnier than Kimmel 
more personable than Ellen, wittier than Conan, and hotter than Seth Meyers. Nice. It is my wish that you end up with as much money as Oprah. <laughs> if so, you're getting a house. <laughs> you're getting a house. You're gonna... Oh, that's really nice. Anyway, section Everybody two. Everybody get back whales. Sorry. Section two, entitled Pleading With You. Uh-oh. <laughs> you mentioned that you were looking for your next podcast, and oh, I immediately yeah. thought of Little House on the Prairie. It's not just because I'm a Little House on the Prairie junkie who knows everything about the real English family. I've read every book, visited every historical site in the U.S., and my bucket list item is to attend Laura Palooza. Yes, it really exists. Wow. And left a, uh, a little um, uh, link to that huh. page. Okay. <clears throat> but even if I didn't know that 99% of the show is fiction pretending to be fact, I know that this would be a good fit for you. <laughs> there is enough ridiculousness in every show to make a compelling and funny podcast set hmm. in the 1870s in Walnut Grove, Minnesota, population 35. <laughs> the show covers everything from rape, racism, murder, autism. As you can see, the jokes are flying out. That's my note. But anyway, <laughs> racism, murder, <laughs> autism, kidnapping, <It's> hilarious. <laughs> prostitution to blindness, deafness, obesity, the plague, homelessness, Drug addiction, child abuse, and alcoholism. Wow, how fun is that? Sounds like an episode of Maury Povich. <laughs> I implore you to take a chance. Pretty, pretty, please. <laughs> okay, section three. Uh-oh. This is oh, where wait. she breaks up with us, isn't it? <laughs> no. Actually, I think I'm going to skip all the section three. I do apologize, Julie, but it's only because... She goes on and on specifically about episodes of Little House on the Prairie. Oh, oh, and I okay, got okay. mad at her for spoiling shit for me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, thanks. Spoiler alert. You know I'm only like on season two. And she was like, oh, my God. I'm so sorry. That's awesome. So I'm going to jump to season or section four. Because we don't want a spoiler alert, you know, a 40-something-year-old show. <laughs> section four, closing. I know you probably get thousands of emails and fan letters every day. And I just hope I was lucky enough to have you read mine. And I hope I'm lucky enough to have you consider doing a Little House on the Prairie podcast. But no matter what you decide, I'll continue to listen because you guys are hilarious. And <laughs> did I mention that I have faith in you? Uh, sincerely, Julia. That's um, awesome. <laughs> she said, AKA your number one fan. But there's actually a, a postscript here, Jimmy. Okay. <clears throat> More buttering you up. However, this is a true story. My friend Annie and I were sitting around shooting the shit and Amy, talking about as in Farrah Fowler or Andy as in Sandberg. No, Annie is in little orphan. Oh, Annie. Okay. As in little orphan. Yeah. Okay. My friend Annie and I were sitting around shooting the shit and talking about what we would do if we won the lottery. <laughs> Annie said that in addition to buying stuff for herself, that she would give money to an American cancer society, mm. special Olympics and the like. That's cool. I said that I would give a million dollars to everyone who has made a positive impact on my life or made me laugh, including Tack Van Sickle and Jimmy Klein. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't familiar with you, so I explained. Then she said, hmm, they live in Florida? It's pretty expensive there. I don't think a million dollars is enough. Better make it two million. <laughs> I just laughed. So if I win the lottery, you're each getting $2 million. Nice. We can just split $2 million. We're, me and Tech are cool like that. 
I'll take two. Just give Jimmy just one. No. <laughs> wow, Julia, that's so awesome. Like, <laughs> man, I hope she wins a lottery. We should send her a dollar. <laughs> we what? We should send her a dollar. Send like her a dollar? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Maybe even um, $2. Like, hey, buy two tickets. What I find interesting is, you know, mm-hmm. Tech, you, you, you like this podcast, right? It's okay, I guess. No. <laughs> so does Julia. Yeah. And like tech, you're into grammar and stuff, right? <laughs> I am. I'm a grammar Nazi. So is Julia. <laughs> right. And tech, you, you, you want to win the lottery, right? We have so much in common, don't we? So is Julia. <laughs> you see where I'm going with this? I do. I do. And, and I, tech, do, you, I do enjoy people that think I'm funny. You And you like watching Little House on the Prairie, right? I do like watching Lauren. You're, you're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this. What? She does too. Oh my God. But does she think I'm, I'm funny? She does. <laughs> Can you tell me two more things about it? No. <laughs> well, the, the, the real question is, you know, does Julie enjoy long walks on the beach? I do not. At least not during the day. I was going to hmm. say, cause if she does, then that's a no. Yeah. That's a no. <laughs> <laughs> Did she say where she's from? Yeah, let me look again. Uh, looks like she's from Michigan, maybe. That's cool. Yeah. Michigan's a little bit far, not too bad. Yeah. So, so yeah, if you ever come down here on vacation, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure Tech would like to show you around town, if <laughs> you know what I'm saying. And, and I think, I think you do. do. <laughs> show you around his body. <laughs> Oh my god! Sorry. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna lose listeners by doing that. Okay, <laughs> nobody wants to be with this. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. Half of our <laughs> listeners just puked a little in their mouth. All right. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, Julia. And now we're gonna move on to the next email. Okay. All right. So our next email comes to us. Um, she doesn't leave her name, but I do know it's a woman. But it okay. it just says Lislock L I S L O C is like part of her email. So, okay. Um, anyway, it says, um, she says, hi. Hi. <laughs> now, I thought this is a really good um, email, Jimmy, so take notes. Okay. I love you guys and think you are doing a great job discussing this classic comedy. Okay. I have a complaint, though. Mm. Here we go. We haven't had one of these in a while. Yeah. I am a Hispanic woman born in the USA and think you guys use the term racial way too loosely. <laughs> I feel like every time an episode features a guest star who is non-white, you guys feel that there's some form of racism going on in the script. We as a society have become so sensitive that we don't even realize what racism is anymore. To be honest, white people are way more sensitive than the rest of us will ever be. It's okay to make jokes and have a sense of humor, and this country is losing the ability to have a balance of both. Just because Carol said the word tacos, it doesn't make it racist. Just because Bobby says how to a Native American, that's not racist. Racism is hate, and the Bradys definitely aren't haters. If I could tell white America one thing, it's this. Stop walking on eggshells around every little thing. (laughs) The rest of us are a lot tougher than you think. Thanks, guys. Hmm. Hmm. So I I wrote back and I said, um... I totally agree with you. I'm 100%. I was like, um, the thing is, is that we do a show and we're trying not to piss anybody off. So we do right. want to kind of cover our tracks a little bit because we're kind of in a spotlight, so to speak. Um, which, you know, 
as anybody else knows, like us off the air is a little bit different than us on the air right. know, when it comes to like making jokes and stuff. Not that we're racist because we're not racist or sexist. You know, we make sure we say that every time. Yeah. But you seem kind of quiet after this email. <laughs> oh, no. I'm just trying to take it all in and think because at the time there was a lot of TV shows that were racist. You know what I mean? And and the thing yeah. is, is they were ignorant at the time. Like, they didn't realize it. was it. ignorance. It wasn't so much them being intentionally racist. Well, yeah, racist, I mean, it wasn't yeah. blatant racist, but, um, yeah, yeah, that's true. Like, so racial, racially insensitive might be a better term yeah. <clears throat> as opposed to just straight up racist. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is it was there. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I have to <laughs> yeah. kind of disagree with her. Um, yeah. I mean, I grew up in a house with racism, so I, I just because I'm white doesn't mean I don't know what racism is. Um, I, no, I think she's just saying, daily. You know, so yeah, I think she's just saying, don't like, like worry about it so much is what her That's point is. She's trying to, yeah. You know, <laughs> it's just, like when Bobby says how to that guy, it just felt so wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like that's something I would never do as a person. <laughs> right. So <laughs> I agree. And like, if some, if, if, you know, if I, if, if I had to host somebody for work and they're from Mexico, the last thing I would do is ask them if they want tacos. Like this, that just seems so insensitive <laughs> to me. Right. And I understand like if, if she's saying that people like her, you know, are, are a little bit more thick skinned than that. And some of them might even think it's funny. That's fine. But there's a lot of people that don't, and they don't have thick skin. Yeah. And they don't think it's funny. So back to your point, um, we got to cover all our bases. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But so you're right. If we're, right to her. if we're throwing that term around too loosely, that, that, we'll take that note. That's one thing. If you, if you have followed us from the, from the get go, you'll see an evolution of the podcast. And that evolution yeah. comes from emails like this, the directly from emails like this. So we'll take that note. We'll take it and implement it. Um, but sometimes of, it's also, sometimes it's just funnier to call it racism. <laughs> so it is kind of reverse, kind of a joke, reverse yeah. joke, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah. But I mean, I see her point though. If, if we use it too much then it's, you know, I get it because I mean, yes, we make the jokes, but it's also like social commentary today versus back then. Right. So. And I also explained too the joke about the tacos, like what I was calling racism and laughing at was because it sounded like, Carol was referring to the couple as a couple oh, yeah, of tacos because yeah, yeah. she was like, right. "Oh, we got to go out to dinner with and with tacos." You know, it's like, "Oh my right. god!" <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we'll we'll definitely take that note and implement it because I could see <laughs> how, um, how you know, taking her note into consideration, I could see how that could even turn itself around and be like, you know, well now you're making me feel uncomfortable because you're calling everything racist, like, <laughs> right, you know? right. So I totally get that. Yeah, we'll we'll take that note and we'll implement it. I get yeah, it. Right. How do you, how do you feel about a thing? Um, I see her point, but yeah. um, I also see like our point too. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, we do still have to kind of be careful on what um, we say or do on here. So, right. Well, um, in that case, like I, I, maybe in the future, maybe we clarify and, and say, you know, to me, this kind of feels a little bit insensitive instead of just flat out calling it racist. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Maybe. Unless, yeah, that's unless it sounds like Carol is calling a, <laughs> A Mexican person, a taco, in which case that sounds extremely racist. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, we appreciate the emails and we Hell appreciate yeah. the, the criticism as well. So, <laughs> so I do have one more email to read. It's from Tom. And, Tom uh, his, Morrow? <laughs> I, I had a buddy in the Navy. His name was Tom Morrow. Really? Yeah. If he, if he needs to go to, to Tomorrowland because they've been calling him for like 20 years now <laughs> saying so, that his flight's ready. So his little orphan Annie too. Okay. 
<laughs> Did you say okay? Yeah, I didn't get the reference. I was like, okay. Because she sings tomorrow, tomorrow. Oh, 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 okay. And she apparently she loves met, him. I thought you meant she was getting called because of her flight. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Tom says his subject is Brady's super fan. So he says, hey, Tech and Jimmy, I just discovered your podcast last Friday. And I have listened to episodes one through seven of season one. Ooh. It's so funny. Okay. <laughs> I laugh out loud while walking my dog. Have you ever considered having a civilian Brady super fan on a, as a guest on your podcast? If so, I'd love to apply. Hmm. Here's my Brady background. I don't know how much of this he wants me to say, but basically he was well, born. Did you, did you email him and ask him? I kind of stopped asking people. I think oh, okay. I assume that they just assume it's going to be read. I uh-huh. used to ask everyone. Hopefully nobody gets mad. I do apologize. And <laughs> I read one and then they didn't want it. But basically he says he was born in the early 60s um, okay. and immediately became a huge Brady Brady Bunch fan when it premiered in September of 69. Okay. I remember one weekend in 69, 70, I opened the weekly TV listings from the Detroit News not the National TV Guide, we weren't rich, and saw a short article about the six actors who played the Brady kids. Hmm. I'll never forget this article listed the birth dates for each of the kids, and I learned I was a few weeks younger than Cindy. I'm now 60, and yet she seems to be perpetually eight years old. (laughs) In the last 50 years, I'll bet I've seen each episode at least 20 times and used to pride myself on being able to give a complete synopsis of any episode after seeing just the first five to 10 seconds of the opening scene. (laughs) That's like tech with Mr. Wizard. (laughs) Well, you used to be able to like that. You were, you like had lines memorized for Mr. Wizard. Yeah. No, I had lines memorized for whose lines in any way, not whose line. Um, uh, you can't do that on television. Well, that too. But you were really into Mr. Wizard. You prided yourself in Mr. Wizard. Maybe so. Anyway, he goes on. Knowing this, I believe this is the stupidest show in TV history, yet (laughs) I still love it. (laughs) And I originally watched each episode on its initial broadcast. Imagine how tough it was for me seeing Greg wipe out on that surfboard in Hawaii (laughs) and having to wait an entire week. Uh, Somebody else said that too. He survived. They had to wait a whole summer to see if he drowned? (laughs) <laughs> Dang. Well, no, this was a season premiere, so you had to wait a whole week. Oh, a week. Okay. I thought it was yeah. a season finale. That's all my friends and I could talk about. Thank God Greg was wearing that good luck idol. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, if you do want to invite a lay person to appear in your pod, please reach out to me and I'd be happy to chat. Um, I think you're just starting to run low on uh, remaining episodes, but again, I just found your show regardless of whether or not <laughs> you like my idea. I will continue to listen and enjoy your work. And always remember, mom always said, don't play ball in the house. <laughs> That's awesome. Tom. Well, right. This, this episode was, uh, episode eight of season five. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we, we have been doing is we've been, um, asking people to send in audio for an upcoming episode like a Mm. specific scene. Like if there's something you've always noticed in a scene or something that you thought was cool in a scene or whatever, uh, anything you want to say about a specific scene in a specific episode, send in a video and just kind of describe what scene you're talking about. You know, like, Hey, in that one scene where Cindy's, you know, stuck in the laundry machine or the, the, uh, the dryer or whatever. Um, and just describe what it is you're talking about. And then we'll insert that audio into the episode 
and then we'll react to it. Um, as far as having people on the show, we've tried in the past a couple of times, but recording is a problem um, because not everybody has the kind of recording equipment we do. So that, that becomes an issue. Um, <clears throat> but yeah. 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 Um, yeah. We went back and forth a few times. He called out a specific episode he was really interested in okay. and if we can get him on. Um, so he was really interested in season five, episode 20, okay. uh, the Snooper star. Okay. Um, he said, this is probably the dumbest episode ever. And I feel like I could offer great insight. Okay. <laughs> so, so I told him that I would uh, talk to you and we figure out and come up with a plan. So we appreciate you, Julia, Lislock and Tom sending those okay. emails. That's awesome. We appreciate mm-hmm. all that. And Jimmy, it sounds like we're going to be millionaires. Oh, <laughs> man. And it sounds like you might get a day. I mean, I mean, you might get a friend. <laughs> so good luck, Julia, on that uh, playing the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Julia, Lislock, and Tom, you know, we did here today. We had fun. Don't be offended. We do love the show. And we're not racist, Lislock. We're not. Or sexist. Nope. We, and we are not racist. Um, we would also personally like to thank our producers from Patreon because without you it wouldn't be possible and of course we're talking about Jen and Jimmy the OPs you guys are the original ones that took a a chance on us and we will forever be grateful so thank you indeed so we're going to hand us a little homework assignments Mm -hmm. I can hear you now no I don't want to hear it (laughs) the first one is check out the website at averybradypodcast.com yes uh, do a rate and review on Apple Podcast, Podchaser, or Castbox. Mm-hmm. Tell two friends about the show, or if you don't like it, tell your in-laws or whatever. <laughs> I was trying to think of something funny, but oh well. <laughs> Send an email to the show, just like Julia Lislock seven thirty two and Tom did, <laughs> and tell us how you like or dislike the show at a very pretty podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Join the Facebook group and join in the conversations and the fun. At a very Brady Facebook group. If you would like to be a producer, check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash a very Brady podcast. Check out our Instagram at a very Brady podcast. Follow us on Facebook and get real time updates. Mm-hmm. Check out the retro network at the retro network.com. Check out our T public store for merch. The link is in the description of this episode. Indeed. And also I forgot to tell you, Jimmy, uh, mm-hmm. The winner of our who designed the t-shirt box it like a boss, uh, mm-hmm. Jill, her t-shirt's already on the way. So awesome. Hey Jill, when you get it, you should take a picture and send it to us. Indeed. Maybe we'll Please put it on do. our Instagram. Oh yeah. And most importantly, if you don't do anything, watch the Brady Bunch. Yes. Watch the Brady Bunch. Watch the Brady Bunch. And if you're thinking, like, well, I mean, it's been a while, but where should I start? Well, Jimmy's gonna tell you. Take it yes. away. Yes. On the next episode, season five, episode nine, quarterback sneak. The rival school's quarterback suddenly takes an interest in Marsha the week of the football game. Mm. And Mike is jealous when Carol's high school sweetheart comes to visit. Mm. Mm. Someone's a little peanut butter and jelly. Hell yeah. That ain't good. That could it's be, not like uh, Mike to get jealous either, so that's weird. No, so hopefully it'll be another uh, kooky shenanigans again. Maybe Mike will walk in and be like, somebody's been messing around. And Carol will be like, nobody, and not everybody thinks like you, Patrice. Maybe they do and they just don't admit it. <laughs> exactly. Yes. All right. So unless you have anything else. No, nope, that's it. 
No? Okay. In that case, I have been Jimmy. And I have been Tack. And this has been the Very Brady Podcast. And we will see you on another sunshine day. Keep smoking. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.